This is a Locker Room Production. And this is a locker room production, but we are keeping it to Hondo. We are officially back after a long, long delay um, since Friday was last episode. We are now episode 18 into the hottest podcast on Locker Room, and you're officially keeping it 200. As everyone has not been informed or does not know before we get into the NBA and everything, Wanted to specify why I've not been doing a locker room podcast since Friday. It's because I have been officially moving and I am 70% moved in. So finally doing my first podcast inside my apartment. So if you hear acoustics loud, sorry for that. Uh, No furniture anytime soon. But of course, we've had NBA playoffs There's a lot of stuff to cover. I did not cover the Lakers being eliminated. So officially, we can officially start talking about the Lakers being eliminated, the Portland Trailblazers eliminating. We've had some NBA head coaching hire uh, firings. We've had some, you know, stuff going around the league, so we can all talk about that. But uh, usually I start with everything backwards, and I don't think anybody's going to come into the locker room live yet, so that is good. So we can officially start talking about – NBA games that have happened since Thursday, June 3rd, and then be working our way up to the NBA playoffs, day number 15 that we are in. This is day 12, 13 is, was Friday, day 14 was Saturday, so we had two games Thursday, one game Friday, one game Saturday, two today, so let's go ahead and just get it started with the Nuggets beating the Trailblazers in game six on Saturday. And, well, sorry, Thursday night, June 3rd, and the Nuggets won 126-115. This was basically the game that I've said this all throughout the series, that Portland just did not have the defense, and Portland wasn't going to be able to win this. This was not a great shooting game for Damian Lillard, 8 of 20, 3 of 11 from 3, 9 of 9 free throws, uh, 13 assists, 28 points. CJ McCollum was 9 of 21, 2 of 8, 21 points. They, the Portland Trailblazers did have six figures, did have six players in double figures, but it wasn't enough because Denver had the better defense, shot 50% from the field, had 15 threes. It was really close, actually, um, when you look at stats-wise. But Denver's Nikola Jokic, 13 of 22, 36 points. You had Michael Porter Jr., 10 of 19, 26 points, 6 of 12 from three. Porter Jr. actually opened up the first quarter on a roll with 22 points on 8 of 10, 6 of 7 from 3. So this was actually a huge thing for for Denver. 
And Portland was up in this first half. Portland actually had the first half lead. They were shooting the ball better. They were up six. They were up 68-61 at half. And Denver in the second half took advantage, and they held Portland to 14 just in that final fourth quarter. Of course, everything that happened on Saturday, Terry Slots, the Portland um, Trailblazers head coach, was fired. And Damian Lillard was on Yahoo Sports and had said that Jason Kidd would be a perfect fit for the Portland Trailblazers. However, that did not happen because what had happened with that, (laughs) Jason Kidd took himself out of the assistant coach thing and personally said that he was not going to be the next Portland Trailblazers head coach. But also, hey, we also got a speaker We've got Off the Top Rope podcast. Off the Top Rope, you got Mike today, man? What up, Zach? How you doing today? Oh, oh, what's up, man? How you been? I've been all right. I was just laughing. I've been smoking. Even to Chase, this playhouse, man. This playhouse been going off the chase lately, man. So, um, oh, man. If you really want to hear my opinion on it, but I'm going to let you speak first about this. I'm a, I'm just a guest, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is oh, oh. Oh, well, definitely, definitely, though, but um, I, I, I was just telling everybody here before you got on that the reason I have not done a podcast since Friday is because I've officially been moved, and I'm 70% moved in, so finally I'm able to do my first podcast, and I thought, what better podcast episode to do it than on the episode where the Mavericks are eliminated in the playoffs in seven, which we're going to get to in, a, a, in like, a moment, but um, the next thing I want to go ahead and Oh yeah, definitely. Now, um, well, everything that I've got moved so far is pretty much over with. The, uh, the only thing that's not been moved in is like bed mattresses and stuff yet. So oh, just waiting on that now. Just waiting on that now. But definitely want to get into this next thing here. As like before, before we get on to anything else, it was the LA Lakers that got eliminated Thursday night. Uh, I was wondering, did you see that game or anything like that? Because I did, and. It was not. It was definitely not the Lakers game. Uh I did. I mean, all right. I'm gonna be honest. I caught the first half of it. The last half, I fell mm-hmm. asleep on it. Like, I had to work the very next day, so I'm gonna be. So I'm gonna be honest about that one. But no, 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 I, no. But when I watched the highlights about what happened and stuff, yeah. yeah. And plus, let me just say this first and foremost. I gotta bring the team doctors for this. The team doctors for the LA Lakers have botched. Uh, AD, I think AD took that little pride in like, oh, the whole um, streetwear monarch that they tried to give him or Charles Barkley gave him the other night um, had probably died to him and he just said, you know what, even if I'm injured, I'm going to come out in how many minutes that I'm going to try to produce until when I go down and he ended up going out within five minutes or some, some odd seconds. And I knew it, too, from within the first minute and a half, the way that he was jogging up and down, it just did not seem that way. And I'm like, yeah, it's not going to work that way. And you need AD in order for you to win. Can't put all the weight on LeBron James' shoulders, as much as I'm not not a LeBron James fan myself. But in this case, I got to defend for him because, number one, father time waits for no man. He's 36 years old. He's 18 years in the NBA. How many countless playoff games that he participated in. How many how many times did he made to the finals? Exactly. Win, yeah. Um win, nine win, finals win, 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 So exactly. that eighteen year journey takes a lot out of, takes a lot out of the human being's body. 
And you gotta remember, folks, we are humans. You know what I'm saying? Our body can only do so much for a certain amount of time. We're not invincible. So I agree. Added up to being the demise of the Lakers, and that's why Devin Booker, who that boy is going off, be legendary. He's living up to that. Um, Kobe, um, influence one, uh, influence quote that um he gave to him. God rest his soul. And he exactly. became in that series. So he stepped up. He embraced it. The same way I got to give my voice to Trey Young over here, too. So I got to give my voice to him as well because he's been, he's been putting in that work. And you see what happened earlier today with um with the 76ers and the Hawks game. Woo, who who was the Exactly. Exactly. And now, before I get into the Sunday's games, I definitely wanted to get this off my chest because – I've let all the Lakers, you know, fans, I've let the YouTubers, I've let everybody have their moments now while I took my break of moving and stuff. I've let Cash Nasty say what he wants. I've let Flight Duck React say what he wants. So now I definitely want to get into this here about the Lakers here. For the Lakers, the big thing that I think needs to happen is the the people that of the Rob Perez's of the world that say Kyle Kuzma you know, this two for 12, it's hard to defend someone that's two for 12. Kyle Kuzma was one of six. He only had two points. Alex Caruso, one of three, two points. You know, Montrez Harold really, you know, Montrez Harold didn't even show up two points. Uh, you know, Marcus Saul, zero. You know, you had um, Dennis Schroeder. He actually had his best playoff game with 20, but this was, you know, to me, this was just like the Lakers where they've got to be able to start surrounding LeBron and AD. If these, if, especially if LeBron is not going to be playing full seasons anymore, the Lakers actually need shooters and they need people that can actually shoot this ball because, you know, to me, this Lakers team should have been a way higher seed, but of course injuries, you know, prevented that. However, it's not like we've not seen this with a LeBron team. Every time we've seen a LeBron team without LeBron, they don't play better offensively. They're worse defensively. And this felt like a LeBron game where LeBron, you know, it basically felt like he couldn't even do anything because of the help that was around him. LeBron had 29. You had KCP with 19 and Dennis Schroeder with 20. And you had Wesley Matthews come off the bench with 12 and Keith Morris with 12. But LeBron was still 3 of 10 from 3. He didn't shoot the ball great. He was looking at 26. Jay Crowder, who LeBron had picked fun at in this playoff series, and you had Lakers fans really going at Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder on the Phoenix Suns was a defensive anchor. He held LeBron to 3 of 10. He held LeBron to 11 of 26. He was 6 of 9 from 3 on that game 6 on Thursday with 18. You had Devin Booker, like you said, 47 on 15 of 22, 8 of 10 from 3, um, 11 rebounds. Chris Paul, you know, even even with his shoulder messed up that it is on 4 of 12, he still was able to have 12 assists. And that was actually – and that was really – to me, the Phoenix Suns are a very quietly great defensive team. And really, if Anthony Davis was healthy, I don't think it would have been that way. I don't think that the – Lakers would have been able to win. I don't think I don't think Phoenix would have been able to stop Anthony Davis because after game two, Phoenix really did not have an answer for Anthony Davis. 
They just did not. So so I give credit to the Phoenix Suns right there. Phoenix Suns proved a lot of people wrong. They made a lot of betters angry. But most importantly, now they get ready to go face the Denver Nuggets, who I still am. I'm still not. I'm still not saying I'm on the fan with Denver. Just like I'm sorry, on Phoenix just yet because with Jokic, I don't think that Aiden's going to be able to stop Jokic. And if Austin Rivers is shooting the three great, and you've got Monte Morris shooting the three great, this is actually going to be a very tough series for Phoenix to actually be able to beat. Um, Denver, because even with Chris Paul's shoulder, Chris Paul's really going to have to be more of the guy that's having to make sure the ball is moved around offensively and everything. Yeah, I hear you on that. And then that's interesting to know. Exactly. And also bringing in now um, Jarrett, um, Jarrett Justice. Jarrett, how are you doing today, man? I'm not doing too good, brother. I'm really not. Ooh. I was really gonna say uh, his uh, his icon kind of was disappointing right now. Well, I actually will give I actually will give credit to Dallas though. Dallas yeah, you gotta give credit really, to Dallas. Really, re- really had the Clippers on the ropes. And I will say this here about Dallas: Mark Cuban really has to go out now and just get Chris Dapps Porzingis some. Good defensive wings. Get themselves a Jay Crowder. Get themselves a Jay dog Crowder, like a Jay yes. Crowder or, Jay or Bobby Curtis. Get somebody. That's who they need. They, If Dallas can get someone like that, this team will be fine. Also, they're going to have to re-sign Tim Hardaway Jr. because Tim Hardaway it, Jr. was literally their second best player of this series. Which which is which is absolutely absurd. I mean, KP, like I understand he pretty much got played off the out of out of his uh, out of his role, and so they had to shift his role because the guy can't do shit against a smaller defender. But uh, my thing is with the Dallas team, I watched probably eighty percent of every game get played over the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. No one, no one outside of in their current form, no one outside of Luke and Tim is even a starter on a good playoff team. They're just. I love Dorian. I love Maxi Clear. I love the whole damn team for the most part, but. Most of them are better suited coming off the bench. I actually have to agree. You know, to me, a guy that I thought was actually going to be something of a good factor for Dallas was going to be like Maxi Kleber, like you said, because I thought Maxi Kleber was going to be able to do what Chris Stapps couldn't do rebounding and be able to be more of the rebounding, you know, guy. Because Chris Stapps, this entire playoff series, he did not – he didn't have – this was his best rebounding game today. Yeah. It really was in the seven-game series. It, and, you know, this was Chris Stapp's best shooting game as well. And you look at the other – and I will say this here for Dallas. When they won the first two games, I don't think people realized that because everyone was just so soaked up in, well, Dallas is up 2-0. You know, Luka right. really had to do a lot of the work, and it was more because of Patrick Beverly could not stop Luka. You had Tyron Lue not making the switches for Kawhi and Paul George. And then you come look at game three and four. Reggie Jackson really stepped up for the Clippers and could do – now, granted, he didn't stop Luke at all. He never did. But he oh, did yeah, Rondo provide too. offensing. He did provide offense where at least when Luka hit a three, Reggie Jackson could go back and hit a three on that own. But, but I will say, though, for Dallas – 
Dallas has actually got a bright side. People are just saying that, like, I know there's a lot of people on Twitter right now making jokes saying, well, Luka, you know, needs to be free or Luka's not going to get nowhere. Luka will get somewhere with this Dallas team if Mark Cuban opens up the checkbook and stuff. Everyone's just saying, well, they gave up draft picks for Porzingis and stuff. You know, I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at what Dallas will make in the offseason. If Dallas makes the right moves in the offseason, gets guys like Crowder or gets a guy like Portis or those guys – those guys are going to be the big difference makers for Dallas because Dallas really had a great regular season. They had a very good play. If they had eliminated the Clippers, you know you are coming on here. I'm coming on here. We're saying Dallas is probably going to beat Utah in five or six because Utah did not. You know, you you know, I felt like Utah to me is still fake as far as a team to take seriously in this playoffs because right. because for right now the Clippers do look like the favorite heading into the Utah series. However, if Donovan Mitchell's healthy, if, you know, if, if they've got Mike Conley healthy, which, you know, I haven't heard any news about him in the last couple of days, but if Utah is able to shoot the threes and got Jordan Clarkson off the bench, I think that it's going to be a tough series because for the Clippers, Tyron Blue, you know, it's not been about Kawhi and it's not been about Paul George. It was more of Tyron Blue's bad coaching. You know, it really was in this series because if the Clippers had played this way, you know, before this, I'm thinking the Clippers would have had been better. But Tyron Lue's bad coaching was a big problem to me in this series. It wasn't Kawhi and it wasn't Paul George. It was more of just the Tyron Lue coaching. Yeah. 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 I think Clippers have gotten mentally tougher than last year, and I think I think they're definitely the most talented roster left in the playoffs aside from Brooklyn. I really do. Um, yes, they are. They, yeah, they 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 actually are. They're deep. I mean, the fact that Dallas took them to seven is. I said at the beginning, I thought, man, if Dallas took them to seven, I'd be so happy. Obviously, right now I'm kind of like pissed, but I, I know tomorrow I'll feel better. But like, I mean, you know, Luke Luke is a man, like you said. If Lucas stays with Dallas, Cuban makes some decent moves. You ain't even got to have no spectacular. You don't have to bring Giannis or quiet level player. Just get some solid, like you said, like Jay Crowder. I mean, obviously Drew signed, but like a Drew Holiday would have been nice. Or just anybody like that, they'd be fine. Exactly. And uh, off uh, off the top rope, you got anything to add on to this? Um, both of you fellas made some valid points. But uh, from my perspective about this um, – to really be honest with you, I gotta look at Porzingis gotta be on the trading block after this because if you if you can really look at his trade value right now, you can get two solid plays back for him, a two for one deal. So if I was the Mavs, I probably would have said, okay, look at Porzingis' injuries and all this other stuff and look at what the numbers that he just produced from the regular season to the um, to the postseason, and he's supposed to be the, um, the unicorn. He's not living to his expectation. So I'd rather dump him off to some other team. And I'm a substitute man, so I should not even be talking about this. But um Porzingis will be one of those pieces that I would definitely try to get someone solid back to compare that with compare that with Luca. Obviously Luca's a superstar. He is the star of that team. So now you need to start building the team around him. Tim right. Tim Hollywood Jr. is slowly coming to his own. So he's gonna be there for as long as they need him there for it. No questions asked. Um, so as far as that is concerned. But looking at the other side from from the Clippers compared to last year, oh, yeah, they got mentally tougher. I think Ty Lue is 
you know, learning from these different cast of characters. Like, I call them all characters because all of them have different perspectives of what they wanted to do for that team. And I think, you know, as a head coach for Ty Lue, to be able to do that with LeBron and Kyrie previously um, in his tenure in Cleveland, you can take some of that aspect and then you can apply it there in Los Angeles. And I think they just tried to secure themselves and not be a laughing stock a lot of the Clippers did, but I talked about them with you earlier, Zach, uh, about that with the Lakers situation and all that. But in this case, for for the Clippers, if they remain mentally tough and they just play that that um tangible offense that you can be able to size size up their opponents right and by doing correct matchmaking for whatever the lineup that they have projected for that game. And and, and that, the bench is key. So people like Rondo needs to definitely be uh, definitely, definitely need to be on the floor. Um, and as you said before, for Los Angeles Lakers, for the Marches Hill um, situation, um, they, dropped, they dropped the ball with that one. And he made his case pretty clear for two games straight and still didn't do anything about it. So that's neither here nor there either. But the Lakers got a good – I mean, the Clippers got a good solid chance. As of right now, to go to the finals and be able, I'm not believing the hype between Utah either. As much as I don't want to doubt, um, doubt Donovan Mitchell, I just doubt um, Rudy Gobert and his situation with injuries and all that stuff like that. And stuff like that comes into play later. And of course, we are able to come out of the East right now, as far as I'm concerned. So I should have to go there without either. Well, well, final stats of the night, though, for the Mavericks in Game 7. Luka, 17 of 30, 5 of 11 from 3, 46 points, 14 assists, 7 rebounds. Just a stat sheet stufferer supreme. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, 7 of 13, 4 of 7 from 3, 18 points. Chris Depps, I mentioned his best game was 6 of 12. He was 0 of 5 from 3, but he had 11 rebounds and 16 points. Uh, Bonyar Barnardovich, 7 of 11 with 14 points, 10 rebounds. Tim Hardaway Jr., I thought that this was the reason why Dallas did not win this game today because he was 5 of 14. He did get injured early in that game. I did see that. 1 of 9 from 3, That was that's what I felt just killed Dallas right there on the 11 points he had as well. For the Clippers, this was the big reason the Clippers won this game. They were 20 of 43 from 3. That's 46.5%. They shot the ball 50%. However, don't take that any personal, uh, Jared, because Dallas shot 49% from the field. It was just that they only had 10 threes. They only shot less than 28% from three. Uh, rebounding, Dallas actually out-rebounded them 47 to 35. Clippers out-assisted them 30 to 22. And it was just a 126-111 victory. But I'll tell you this here. If Tim Hardaway Jr. had was, what, like five of nine from three, we're looking at this game a little bit differently because every Dallas game has been just close. And Dal- and give credit to Dallas. Even with the team that they have, they've kept the game close. They've kept every game close with the Clippers. And that's actually something that's actually very good because when you got someone like Luka now, and, you know, next year when they're in the playoffs, Luka, when they're da- – say Dallas, example, goes down 2-0. Dallas knows, okay, we know what to do, and I know what to do about what happened last time we were down. You know, this is actually this is actually something different. You know, for Dallas, I, I look at this class as actually half full, not half empty. Right. Uh, I, I will tomorrow. I will tomorrow. 
about, how about this here though? In our other game hey, on Sunday. Hey Jared, at least I'll make you something feel better, right? At least myself has got eliminated before your Barbies did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. The you know the Celtics are kinda are kinda kinda weird to me because I thought last uh I thought last playoffs they I thought that was a really, really good run. Very, very uh I thought that was a very positive run they had last last playoffs, and then I don't know this whole season. I know y'all got hit by COVID pretty hard, and uh, but I think it's, I think your roster is so talented. I mean, you got you just you just stacked it since with, with talent. I, maybe Brad Stevens kind of stepping down might help a little bit depending on who they get. I don't know. I mean, um, with the uh, Jalen Brown injury and Kimber's on the off injuries itself, like you can already kind of tell, like we 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 we, we wasn't going to be at full strength anyway. So looking at the looking at the whole player situation, I kind of thought about it. I'm like, can we just lose this like then instead of going on to face Brooklyn in the first round and pull more likely only win one game? That's exactly how it was. Um, so. Yeah, not at full strength. COVID hit us pretty hard, and I'm not trying to like downplay everything too because I know I think according to a report that Brad Stevens had said that like, he was kind of like burnt out of the head coaching um, situation and stuff like that. So um, him getting that bump up kind of like raised a kind of raised a bunch of questions to me. But that's neither here or there to to even decide. And Danny H um, for his tenure, like I kind of said before, I give him a solid B for that. Well, 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 I did want to ask you this here because I did go on to this here on an episode of Keeping It 200 um, that you can check out on Spotify about the Celtics to the Hawks. And and I want to ask you your opinion because you're actually a Celtics fan. Do you think the Celtics should trade Kemba and maybe try to see if they can get a deal with a Kyle Lowry or a Goran Dragic or maybe just trade Kemba? And get something back for something like Alonzo Ball because I know Danny Ainge did keep his draft picks. Danny Ainge never did trade draft picks away. So it's not like Boston doesn't have assets to make a trade to get a good point guard. It's just, is Boston maybe being stingy? Um, okay. Yes to the part, uh, to the first part. Yes, they should trade Kemba. Uh, I think it's. I think that was a failed experiment. I think it's time for us to just dump them off because that frees up some of the cap we speak. It frees up some of the salary cap for us because looking at the dynamics, we're already about to hit the luxury tax anyway. So, do we really want to spend that extra change? I don't think so. Just let him go. But who's really going to take up his contract? That's only for God knows who is just capable of just either having him or he's going to accept him coming off the bench. Well, I don't think he's not that. Yeah, he hasn't diminished his skill, and, that, and, you know, and that's the sad part about it. Just injuries had gotten to him, and now when he finally got to a good team, we see what happens. So he's eventually I would use him as a training piece too. At least try to see who attracts him, who yeah. can we get back. I mean, like I mean, I'd rather have a secondary, like um, like I mean, like a secondary point guard that know I me. Mean, that's to try to get just more of an assist factor and a facilitator, um. Then rather have the score. We already have two primary scores, and, and that's Brown and Tatum already. So that's it. But we definitely do need a goddamn center. So with those picks, but the picks that I have questions about is: Do you really want to put your rookies out there so quickly to, and then get those minutes early? We need veterans. 
to come on and to come in to be to find that leadership role when it comes to that because we don't really have a leader. I mean, we may have the heart of the team, which is Marcus Smart, and he's in question right now, but we don't have a leader like that. Yeah. We don't have a veteran out there that I mean that knows that been through that type of stuff that can actually coach up these young these young stars, and that's what they need. They need that tough love, as I was saying. Like, like Zach said, I think Lowry would be a perfect leader type. Top role on, on, a, on a Boston team. Well, I will say this year, though, for, I know that you said that Boston does need a center. The center free agency, which I'm looking on, on spottrack.com, the center class is weak. Cody Zeller, you've got Robin Lopez, you've got uh, Daniel Tice, a former Celtic who is on, who will be a free agent this offseason. You've got Nerlens Noel, Ed Davis, Ennis Cantor, Rashard Holmes, Frank Kaminsky, uh, JaVel McGee, Willie Cauley-Stein, Zach Collins, Bismack Biombo, Bombard Yamanovic, um, Jared Allen, Dwight Howard. The best one really in this class looks like Serge Ibaka or Robin Lopez. In like The center class is really weak for free. Yeah. I mean, every, I mean, every good set is under like a long-term contract right now. And then they're going to have like like little obligations, like um like a non I mean like a um a non uh, a non restriction contract. So which means any team that can try to offer it stuff like that, but they just might throw up more money to try to keep them, and that benefits exactly. him. And to to me to me like I think the best like center in this class is Ibaka, but he has a player option, so there's a fifty percent chance he might want to resign with the Clippers, especially seeing that the Clippers are going to the second round, you know, and to me, Robin Lopez would then be the second best center in this class. I know that the Wizards were not a great defensive team last year at all. However, Robin Lopez, he does have some good quality traits. And and then I think about this here, you know, you really want to look at Boston here, especially in the forward position, either because they really got to move on from uh, Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson, yeah, we need to trade his ass too. And, and I think and I think the perfect power forward for that position would be Kelly Olenek out in Houston because Kelly Olenek can play the stretch four. He can be out on the wing. He was, uh, I believe, close to 40 percent from three last year. And that's something that I think would actually be really good for this for the Boston Celtics team that they that they really want to build around. Uh-huh. Or or they could or they could if they wanted to and if they can get him on a good deal because he is on a player option himself, Montrezl Harold. If Harold doesn't come back to the Lakers, that would be a good guy to come off the bench because Harold, I believe, was sixth in bench points off the bench this year. Um, so that is a good help. How, however, you're not really going to get defense with any of these guys. And another person that could be available if if he decides to come back or if Portland doesn't offer him a contract is Carmelo Anthony. He is 37, and Melo did have a really good year. You know, and, we, yeah, and we can give and we can give a the mid level exempt for him. Exactly, and, and, too much. Exactly because because and 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 of course I'm looking at other guys here that you know like you know the John Collins and all and all the rest of these guys they're 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 still on team options with their rookie deals so they're definitely not going to be available and such but but I look at those things and and that was what I was talking about on the last like I was talking about that because you know if you're Boston. You know, is it probably best to go out in the free agency world, or do you think 
maybe there might be a center in this draft that could maybe be something. I mean, because one thing about Boston is Boston. I mean, we already got a couple Paul coming off the bench as is, but he's still, but he's still not, but he's still not ready though. So we yeah, already yeah. got someone that got some height and that knows how to play the position. It's just he got. But as a matter of fact, there's two people overseas. As a matter of fact, there's two people overseas that's playing in the Euro League that I said, I'm like, yo, we get them, then we can make a big splash, and they're ready. Mm-hmm. Like, they're hungry, they're ready, they're playing exceptionally. I just forgot the name. I got to find the YouTube video that I found the names from. But I said two Euro people, but other than that, if you try to go to free agency, you don't want to spend too much money because we don't have too much money to give unless we got to trade two two main spots that frees up about, I think, like $56 million. And what are you going to do with that? You're going to have to need the four and the five kind of cover at this point. And then you still got Grant Williams still um, still coming off the bench. You got um, uh, Jimmy coming off the bench. So you already got to look at that whole thing. I'd rather keep my depth the way that it is. I just need someone to try to cover up and try to give me at least 30 minutes. Hey, uh, hey, Zach. I have a quick question. Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm where I'm. Uh, I've uh, been listening to y'all talking to y'all. While I've been driving. I'm where I'm going now. Uh, what, what's your podcast called? Uh, keeping it two hundred. Keeping it two hundred. All right, bro. I'll give you a follow. I'll keep an eye out for you on here. Thank you. Man. Now, Thank key you, question man. for you, Zach. Is it the one that you got the whole um, J Cole doing the um, mimic of um, D Wade in uh, in the LeBron James assist? I do, I do on the Spotify. <laughs> All right, good. So I want, I just, I just wanted to make sure that I follow, I follow the right one the other day, because when I oh, found it, oh, oh. I was like, I was like, that has been it. <laughs> when I found yeah. it, I was like, that has yeah, been yeah. it. There's no other way oh, than oh, yeah, after oh, playing oh, the latest yeah, yeah. episode just to try to get like your voice tone. I'm like, yep, that's him. <laughs> exactly, because because one thing about me, you know, since I've been moving, I only cut SmackDown Friday. I did not catch AEW right after because uh, the reason I couldn't catch AEW right after is because I said I, I can only watch one wrestling show and I'm just going to watch the one that came on first. And I, and SmackDown was to me, you know, I, I'm, I'm spoiler to people, you know, because I am doing another episode later. But the SmackDown episode, you know, to me, I actually did enjoy mm-hmm. the Roman Reigns and the Usos thing, you know, to, to me, to me. I understand why people may not like it because it's taking up an hour of television. However, if they if WWE's told you anything, it's the last year. It's been the Roman Reigns show, and on Fridays you're gonna get Roman Reigns, even if he's not in the match. You're gonna get Roman Reigns in the big storyline, and you're gonna see that. And that's just how it has been to me. I've just been accustomed to it because I feel like SmackDown really is the second best show in wrestling today. And you had the Usos against Ray and Dominic Mysterio. That was to, I like the first match, and then the second match was WWE just doing what they love to do best. You know, give you the old dusty finish or give you some bullshit. And poor Dominic Mysterio. I mean, he got his ass whooped for six straight minutes on Friday because he literally got power bombed, forearmed, hit with steps. Roman calling him a little boy. That was to to me. It was more comedy at that point because I was just like, I said, poor Dominic. I said, he's just getting beat up for six minutes. I said, this, and then the Usos didn't even help. Like Jimmy Uso just told him, like, oh, just stop, like, and, and Jimmy Uso even left. And him. Like, that's that what's was making the intrigue. 
into this storyline because now Jimmy's not just going to fall down to his cousin now. So now it's going to take up a little longer than what Jay did last year by getting his ass beat at hell at hell of the cell. They're prolonging exactly. that to try to make it to try to make Jay really have to pick and choose between his his as a twin brother and his cousin. So it gives that distinctiveness that everybody, whoever that's been in that type of situation has ever felt and ever experienced can feel that and can easily relate to that. Exactly. And, and one, and, and now, and the other thing I want to get into on this, and this is going to be the last thing I say, because I, I want to keep this episode strictly basketball. And then I'm going to go into yep. wrestling and, and, and you can come on the, and you can definitely come on there with me and we can definitely talk more about this in depth but the Kevin Owens thing, I mean, my goodness. I mean, like, no offense to pa- Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews, but they're not even building an intercontinental champion. They're literally just telling you Commander Aziz is the reason that he's winning. And Kevin Owens, I don't – He's he loses every match. And now Kevin Owens just – it's just like Kevin Owens is really falling down the card every week to me. Like, it's like they don't like, see nothing in him. It's like he was probably going to be one of those releasees. Exactly, and and now it's just like it's just like man. Like I mean, the good news is at least you're going to get a good feud with Sami Zayn. At least you're going to get that because Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens, they always do have great matches. I'm never worried about that. I'm more worried about the storyline though because it, it, WWE makes a very simple like great matches into bad storylines. Like, for example, Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles started off terrible. And then it got played <laughs> at the end. And then Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens start. And look how bad that started off. You you had, you had got, like, um, like who was it? They got, like, Logan Paul. And they didn't even get the right Paul brother because if they got Jake Paul, it would have been more attractive <laughs> because a, a Jake Paul, I believe, was fighting Ben Askren. So oh, speaking of, uh, a little bit off topic. Who you got for tonight's that that um that Mayweather and Logan Paul fight? I guess that's being promoted. Um, I I will say this here though, Mayweather. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Mayweather got this done in two minutes. I, I really do feel bad for Logan Paul, but I'll tell you this here. I don't think Logan Paul is going to feel bad when when he gets like the check at the end of the night because. <laughs> But I think Floyd is gonna because because I believe the last fight Floyd had was in Japan in like K one or something like that. It was something, and he beat like the best Japan boxer they had in under two minutes. And Logan Paul is nowhere near the best Japan boxer, or no. even the best MMA. Like if this was Jake Paul, I could maybe say okay, okay, well maybe Jake Paul might last five whole minutes, but and. And also, the rules I've looked at, uh, you know, there's um, no headgear, there's no headshots, there's no nothing like that. So so I really do feel bad for him because he's going to be taking a lot of shots to that body. And when he wakes up, he is going to really be, like, feeling that, like, all over his stomach. He's going to be running to the toilet <laughs> thinking, thinking he's got cramps, man. Like, 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 we talk about LeBron and AD with their court injuries and stuff. This... I really feel bad for this Paul brother because he's really gonna feel like he's got a groin injury or he might get a torn <laughs> abdomen or something. You don't know what. I'm not. I'm, I will say though tonight will actually be fun because 
Mar Ranello will be doing uh, the commentary, which is fun. So, so I definitely, mm-hmm. so I'm definitely, so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that. Um, yeah, he definitely deserves that spot. Exact, and and also, um, and and also, I wanted to get into this last thing here. You know, the SummerSlam is going to be in the Allegiant um, Stadium. The Raiders play, and yeah, you know, the SummerSlam this year is actually going to be three hours from what I've been told because if you if you look at the tickets online and I think they got rid of this but the tickets online say that duration time three hours ten minutes because right after they have the Manny Pacquiao boxing fight at the MGM Grand not far away and the and I guess in Vegas they've actually made it they've actually made WWE not go five hours with this pay-per-view. They actually told WWE, like, look here, could you go four or less so that way the people can get over to the boxing fight for the Manny Pacquiao on that Saturday, August 21st. Mm, that makes sense. Exactly. Uh, now, 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 when I looked at the tickets, that's what they were saying for the Allegiant Stadium. Now, now, of course, it's going to be indoor, so you don't have to worry about the hot sun weather because the – the SummerSlam show is going to start at 5 p.m. Pacific time. That's West Coast, and that's 8 East. Um, and then the boxing fight starts at 11 p.m. East, which is 8 o'clock there. But we all know in boxing, the undercard is not really going to mean shit to it, them. Exactly, the exactly, because 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 and and, this, and and that's the same thing tonight with the Mayweather Paul thing. You got yeah. the undercard fights. We we had it with the um other Paul Astrin fight and all that. You know, the only undercard match to me that's ever been talked about this past year in boxing was the Nate Robinson when um he got knocked out because that Paul because that fight was not the main event. It was actually um what was the main event? Yeah 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 because it was the um Tyson so was like, fight. Yeah, the it was time. two main events. It was just that was, that one wasn't like more of a celebrity one compared to one that's actually a Hall of Famer. Exactly. And and, the, and that and that has been the only undercard fight. But if but if Nate Robinson did not get knocked out or anything, I don't think that it's going to be talked about as big. So that so that was the big thing that I that that was the big thing I was just like shocked about because it was just like huh like like because and, and that was a good point that that I listened to on Wrestling Observer Radio this morning. I caught about thirty minutes of it, but because I wanted to hear their thoughts on SmackDown stuff, but it was just like. And it made sense, like, because no one really doesn't care about the undercard fights. They they only care about the one fight, and that's it. If it's the UFC, it's different because they build up their entire main card and prelims. You know, so be it. If if they do good, they do good. If they don't, they don't. But this was, um, but definitely just wanted to uh, get the just wanted to get those out there. Now back to the NBA. I know that there's probably there's probably going to be people on Spotify listening there, like, why did they go into Wrestling and boxing. This is supposed to be NBA. <laughs> so, uh, a sports is um, sport, man. We human. Exactly. 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 All in the sports world. Exactly. Um, so how about this year, though? We had the Atlanta Hawks. They beat the Philadelphia 76ers today. You mentioned Trey Young <laughs> earlier in the show. It was uh, Trey Young, 11 of 23, 4 of 11 from 3, uh, 35 points, 10 assists. I want to give out this stat here. Did you know Trey Young? was the first player to have 30 points in his playoff debut in the first round three times. Only other person was Michael Jeffrey Jordan. No, I did not know that fact. And that, <laughs> is, 
That's a remarkable <laughs> milestone of his accomplishment thus far, and this is what his third year. Exactly, and in his first five playoff games in his career, he actually has two points less and is shooting two percent slightly from field goal range less than Allen Iverson. Damn, I know. He's special. He is a special character to this NBA. I look at the NBA as more of a Okay, how about this? I look at NBA. If we want to put the references, as we said before, I'm not trying to get off topic. NBA is WWE. So now Trey Young is like a how much? How can I say this? Who's in the uh, Who's the next of rising star? Uh let's say him like a Will Osprey or something like that. Whatever. He's okay, a yeah, young rising star. Young rising star that's just trying to get noticed. He get, he's putting in his work to show that yo. He knows what the fuck he's doing. He's trying to be something the fuck out that we haven't seen in a long period of time. Exactly. And and, and to me, when I do see the Trey Young, because they were mentioning this on SportsCenter today, I actually did agree that Trey Young is kind of like Allen Iverson in a lot of ways because and, – and I, and I want to get this here. And there are people that got mad today on Twitter that were saying, well, people voted Zach Levine over Trey Young. In everybody's retrospect – the Hawks didn't get better till after they fired Lloyd Pierce. So Zach Levine did deserve his all-star vote. The thing was, though, you had to truly be a diehard Atlanta, uh, Atlanta Hawks fan to understand that people were going to sleep on Trey Young. And, you know, and a lot of people, you know, especially like you and I myself, we will always say, well, why don't these young guys get the credit? And Charles Barkley made this great point on Inside the NBA. He said, you have to actually win a series. And now that he's won a series, now he can get that credit. So to me, Trey Young, you know, he's coming out now and he's actually playing like the Trey Young that, you know, that everyone has been waiting to see. And I think a lot of people have not been able to see it because if we're looking at it nationally televised games wise, the Celtics in the last two years have had more national televised games than the Hawks. Because the Celtics have had Tatum, they've had Jalen Brown, they've made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They were, they've beaten Miami. They've, you know, they they were they were a team this year that was the most controversial because a lot of people were upset, saying, "Well, hey, they should have did this," and they, you know, they were just a 500 team and they should have been better than 500. And and that was the thing. I want to bring on Noah 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 Ray on the show. Noah, Noah what's up, man? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, with words. Uh, depression. You okay, man? Oh, yeah, being the Bulls and Mass fan, absolutely lovely. Oh, I got no words for that. <laughs> I mean, my my signed Luca jersey. I'm out of state on vacation right now. My Luke signed Luca jersey just came in since I won it, like today in another state. So it's like, uh, today is a good day, but it's also I'm sad. Ooh. Well, I, well, definitely. Um, I definitely wanted to, you know, ask you this here. Did you think, like, uh, did you think that the Zach Levine definitely deserved the All Star nod over Trey Young, if you had to say so? Or do you think, or you think looking back that maybe, eh, I should have changed my vote? Well, oh, if we want to go with the Bulls talk with Levine, um. If I had to choose anyone, Demontis Sabonis was a um, wild card pick 
and mm-hmm. so was Vucevic. Are both wild cards, so I would mm-hmm. have not had those two, one of those two guys in for Trey. Hmm. I, I, I definitely. I, I wanted to ask you this here. So, like, your thoughts on the Mavericks Clippers series? Did you think that? What, what did you think of today's game, though, with Luca? Because Luca did have a great game. Luca has not had a bad game all series except the one game where he had the neck injury. Yeah, the nineteen point game. Yeah. This game, he played so well in the first half. I just had the gut feeling he was going to get tired because no one else outside of Luca could hit a shot. And I counted 22 straight missed threes, and then Luca hit his setback three over Kawhi to make it a seven point game. Then we, Reggie Jackson, Morris, and Terrence Mann decided to become prime Reggie Miller in the playoffs. It is what it is. He played terrible uh, defense. Well, well, I will say this here, though. You know, this was the first series to me that I've ever seen. And this, of course, this is the first one in NBA history, too, where the road game, where the road team always won, you know, in the first six. I don't think that's ever happened before as well, That the first time in NBA history. Of course, the Clippers did break that today and finally won a game at home. But but I mentioned this here, you know, I thought that it was just bad coaching on the Tyron Lue part. You know, if – if and I do think, and I think what honestly did kill Dallas as well was that game three where they should have went up 3-0, but the Clippers they were just on a whole nother level, and they let and they let um, Marcus Moore Senior hit the three, and Marcus Moore Senior ever since game three has actually been something productive now for the Clippers. Oh yeah, he's productive by punching Luca in the neck and doing that injury too in the third quarter. Yeah, and 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 you look at Tim Hardaway Jr. Hardaway Jr. really was the second best player for the Mavericks this no. entire series. No, he he was. No. Okay, no, who did you think was the second best player? Dorian Finney-Smith. I, I I disagree with that. He I was think at was least Tim consistent. Tim Hardaway Jr. in Game Five and Game Four had the and even Game Seven had the IQ of two. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think if Tim Hardaway Jr. because he was one of nine from three, and you saw that stat line. If Tim Hardaway Jr. was five of nine from three, we're looking at this maybe a little bit more differently, man. Because because you know Tim Hardaway Jr. in the first two games was also the big reason that they also you know had this as well. I mean, I think I think it's my community. All right. Well, I'm going to bring on S. L. Davis as well. S. Oh, let me go ahead and accept him. Yep. All right, what's up, SL? SL, what are you doing? We got nothing but the mute shit right now. Yeah, no, nah, I'm just doing something. Oh, okay. Oh, shit, my bad. I didn't realize I was muted. Uh, no, nah, I mean, y'all straight. Yeah, I mean, we thought that y'all microphones got fucked up or something. Exactly. Bro, I'm just like, I, this probably wouldn't have won us the game. It's probably not a big deal, but like those Trey Burke minutes. Dog, like that shit was so ass. Refs were a bit sus as well. That's all I'll say. Who? Refs. The refs. The refs were a bit annoying in Game Seven and Game Six. We just had a negative record with those refs. That's all I'll say. Man, I don't have to say the next thing, man. You know how these ratings are. They want the superstars to be able to get them to the NBA uh, conference finals and NBA finals because they need the viewerships, man. It's all about the money. So if, if, if so, if LeBron is not in it and KD and Kyrie are the only two that's technically that's going to be in it, they're going to need 
Kawhi and Paul George sadly to say. And I don't have to be the one to be the negative burden here about that, but it's all about the range. Rain means money. And, you know, these motherfuckers don't give a fuck. So you know these guys are great. I will be back. I, I will say this here though. <laughs> I, I will say this here though, and knowing as uh, you guys can agree with me, Paul George really did get away being the third scoring option for the Clippers in this series. He did play good, but he was a third scoring option after Reggie Jackson was able to start being himself in Game Three. I know Game Seven he didn't have a good game today, but Jackson. What do you mean Morris just had a bad game, bro? Hit a logo three to kind of just to kill our soul. Yeah, but Reggie Jackson shooting wise was not good in Game Seven like he was in Game Six because in Game right, Six he was four of eight from three and everything. So and, and the He's and the only thing that's tonight. different about Reggie Jackson and Patrick Beverly is Jackson was just providing more offense. Patrick Beverly didn't provide any offense or defense in no. those in the in those games. So I got a dip real. I, I got to do some real quick. I'll be back like in two minutes. All right, take your time. All right. I, I feel like and, I feel, oh my bad. No, no, no. Go ahead, man. I'm saying I feel like I feel like Rick um stuck with the Boban thing for way too long. Like I think it was I don't know if it was the third quarter where it was just like the Boban KP thing was killing us and I feel I felt like we really needed Dwight Powell in those minutes. Yeah, but this was Kristaps' best game though in this series though. This really oh no, was. yeah, no. KP KP was fine. I'm just mean like uh like they kept attacking Boban on the defense in the third quarter, and yeah. I feel I feel like he was um I feel like he was kind of off on his rotations tonight. I mean I don't blame Rick. I know there's a lot of people tonight that are saying like fire Rick or you know, you know get rid of everybody. But I don't I don't think it's that drastic. But I feel like he kind of got out coached tonight in my opinion. I, I won't say that, I, I, and I'm not gonna let you say that because. I think Rick Carlisle really did the best he could because in in retrospect, the Mavericks really don't have the they didn't have those wing guys that could really stop Kawhi and PG and they really haven't had that. You know, I think I think the only bad coach game where Rick Carl got Rick Carlisle got outcoached was game three. I think the rest have not been on Rick Carlisle. I just think it's just because of the roster that they have. Yeah. Because, for example, you're letting Kawhi Leonard have 10 of 15 on 28 points. You're letting Marcus Moore Sr. be 8 of 15, 7 of 9 from 3, 23 yeah. points. You know, you got Nicholas Batum. He actually was actually efficient on 4 of 7 yeah. with 11 points. And, and he even had two steals. You know, to me, that I don't think that's just – I think that's just – the Mavericks yeah, got to go out, and they've got to yeah, actually parents, get, they check and get somebody. Can we sign Lonzo, please? Mavs uh, uh, I don't know. I feel like he's uh, he's just like uh, I, I like Lonzo. I'm a fan, but I feel like he's a uh, he's like the point guard version of like KP and like attitude. Well, here, here's here's my thing. Well, here's Lonzo my thing about Lonzo Ball. Nice. If the threes go in, he is a very good player. If the threes don't go in. It's 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 really it's really bad Sign looking Lowry because Sam Lowry then. Yeah man, give me the baby oh, brother man. instead. Yeah, give me the baby brother instead. Pay him with Dantage, they gonna make some noise. <laughs> I fucking wish. Uh. <laughs> nah, I will man. I will say I will say this here. Come on, if come I'm on gonna, in, she's being she's being is my cousin. I'm right gonna there. try and go out and get like someone like Kelly Olenek too. Because they that they too. really do need a they need a four that can score they need one that can score. 
Oh, you big. Yo, what's good? See, so what's, up, what uh, what's up, Trey? Yeah. How you been, man? Not much, man. Yeah, that's family right there. Uh, what's up, Trey? Nice to meet you, fam. Nice to meet you. Uh, did you have any thoughts on the Clippers-Mavericks game today, man? To be honest, I was hoping the Clippers would lose. So that there would be <laughs> Okay, okay. So that there would be chaos. This is, is pro-Dallas Maverick country right here. Yeah. I only wanted the Clippers to lose because I wanted Kawhi to leave. But to be honest, ah, yeah. coming out of the yeah. West, I, I think the Clippers would have the best shot going up against the Nets. Who says the Nets make it out? So if Kawhi would have left, where would you, uh, where you think that he would go, Class? New York? Okay. Ah, I mean, Lakers would have been the really big a lot, option. A lot depends, to be honest. I mean, that really depends on how they're going to view AD about that. I mean, I mean, if you, I mean, if you're the Lakers, I think that that would probably been like, because to me, Kawhi being signed to the Lakers. I think would actually take a lot of load off LeBron, and LeBron would then make himself the third option, because LeBron would just be like, well, you know, now the Kawhi is here, and Anthony Davis is here, and Ka- and Kawhi actually proved this year that he can actually play back to backs because he played a lot of back to back games because you know with the NBA's health and restrictions, you know, they every game was basically played in the same arena twice every night almost. So yeah, he could have decided. Because he has a player option, so he could ask to get traded somewhere. Well, well I, and, and, and Kawhi still might, you know, leave. He still might leave the Clippers because no, the Clippers no, don't make it past no, the well, Jazz. Well, guaranteeing you, he resounds. I guarantee yeah, they don't make. That, if he, nah, I guarantee you this, right? If the Clippers don't make it to at least the West, I mean, at least to the West, the, uh, the Western Conference Finals, and winning to go to the Finals, he's he's not going to stay. He's never going to want to see improvement within that team, or otherwise, why the fuck would he sign there? They're trading. Okay, now, let, let, me finish, let me finish my thing. Off all reports, Kawhi believes he's accomplished all he wants to accomplish, and he just likes to stay in California. If he were to leave the Clippers, which now has to make it around, there's like an eighty percent chance he stays. If he does leave, it would be most likely to the Warriors. That's one of the best moves that he could make. If, if, if no, I mean, that could be him, Steph, and Clay. Ooh. And then Dream was sitting with it the way he played nothing but defense himself. And then you get Andrew Wiggins going again. Then he becomes another option. And then you still, and then you just have to reshape up their bets. They can be in you know, ball you know, five or I, I, I don't, I don't want to like break nobody's bubble. But here's the thing, though, we've got to start looking at this here too. Clay Thompson's thirty-one. He'll be thirty-two when he when the NBA season starts oh, his next defense year. Is not be he, good. His defense he, he's, he's. We don't know how great he's going to be because he hasn't played a basketball game in over two years on the court, and yeah. he might not be. Like, and Clay Thompson, I don't like – to me, I think he will have a good season next year, but I don't want to say he's going to go off and have, like, this all-star game or, like, he's going to actually have, like, these all-star numbers that you're accustomed to seeing. 
But he already going to be redemption for him, man. Cause he because he's been on the bench for two whole years. You don't think that he's been manifesting this whole entire thing and then seeing how his brother stuff is actually coming out there and you know and bringing this Warriors team to closer playoff play-ins and situations like that. What if? Yeah, that's that's true. You know what I'm saying? I know basketball a basketball player's mind frame says this. If I'm on the bench for two fucking years because of one damn injury, then I gotta get hard, I gotta get back. There's a lot of people that surpassing him and then I know he's irking and feeling some type of way about that. I, I'm yeah, gonna say this here though. Like I'm just lowering my expectations because I don't yeah. wanna be expecting Clay to have these twenty five and five. I'm looking at Clay wow. Thompson because because and you know the Warriors as well. They're going to limit his minutes for at least the first yeah, half of the season. Yeah, 25 for most of the most of the season. Exactly. Um, also, bringing in uh, Josh now and I guess Ali. So, what's up, guys? Uh, you guys got mics? Yeah, what's up, man? Yeah, what's, what's up? up, what's up? And Angel, what's up, man? What's up? Um, any thoughts on the Mavericks-Clippers game? Unfortunate for the uh, Dallas no, I mean, no, I'm, a, I'm a Mavs fan, so um, it's not it's not surprising that the Mavs lost. The Clippers role players really stepped up. Um, Rick Carlisle made you know somebody other than than Kawhi or Paul George beat them, and, and they did. They beat them. So uh, hats off to the Clippers. They they were the better team. Uh, Luca played his ass off tonight, so I can't really complain about anything other than you know we just lost to a better team. Uh, Josh, I did have to ask you this here. Did you think Tim Hardaway Jr. was the second best player for the Mavs this season, uh, this series? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you, I don't know who even you would argue otherwise with Dennis DFS. He actually plays defense. Well, I mean, yeah, but there's two sides to the D, DFS. Only shot, I think, before this game, he was nine for thirty-eight from three. Oof. So, so uh, yeah, since I mean, game he one, shot bad. Yeah, game seven and game four. Game so, four and game seven, yeah. Yeah, game besides game one, which he he played his ass off, he was basically a zero in offense. So, I mean, Tim Murray Jr. out, he had what two? So, I mean, game even though game two he had twenty points, he shot like nine of twenty three. I mean, it was game, bad. But game five, he um, well, yeah, because game yeah, game six was actually where he was like the one like. Where he really did help, like, um, no, it was game five, yeah. But game five was really the one because that was the game where the Clippers had five players in double figures, and Dallas only had two in double figures, and Chris yeah. Steps and Boban only had eight, and they were close to having a double figure games. But Tim Hardaway Jr. really was, like, and to me, if he didn't have that yeah, one of nine games today, we're really looking at Dallas going to that second round playing Utah. Yeah, I mean that's and, that's the, that's the series though. You could have you could have picked that out for any other game other than the first two. If if a role player for the Mavericks stepped up in any of those other games, the Mavericks win this series. But they didn't. Yeah. So you got to give credit to the in game three. I'm so upset we choked twenty three point lead in game three. Yeah, I mean, and that comes down again because Luca, when he sat, uh, the Mavericks coughed up a nineteen point lead when Luca was sitting for three minutes. So. And unfortunately, Luka gets gashed in the second half because he's too busy carrying the team. And I think yeah. he more help. Yeah, that's a, ro- that's a roster. That pretty much explains that he's going to need more help, and then Porzingis is not doing it. Oh, yeah. he, I think Porzingis today went 0 for 5 from 3. Like, even when I remember one play, I think he, like, turned over the Clippers, turned over the ball, and then he just pulled up for a 3 and missed. All right, yeah, so he, I he want... was a 2 on 1. Yeah, there was a two-on-one with Tim Hardaway uh, streaking for what would have been a, a wide-open layup, and, and Chris Stapps pulled up instead. Well, I wanted to ask everybody this here. 
and I've got now enough people in this chat room so everybody can get you know uh, their opinion. And no one let's let's not yell over nobody and let's not get mad. This is just a we can call this an overreaction question, but I want to ask everybody this question here. We're going to go around the room and we're going to start with SL and we're going to move down. SL, do you think Christophe Porzingis should be traded? Oh shit. Oh, okay. Um, honestly, I'm kind of done with him. Uh, and I really, it's just like, it's, it's less about the, the playoffs. I mean, obviously that doesn't help, but it's more of just his attitude this whole entire season. I just really wasn't fucking with it. Oh. And it, yeah, I just really wasn't fucking with it. It was it was just like a lot of like sneak dissing, a lot of just like it felt like entitlement, and he just didn't show up. And I, I mean, I don't know, but I feel like, Despite saying all that, I feel like we need to give it time because right now his stock is like rock bottom, and I really don't see what we get without taking like a heavy loss. Well, I, I won't say that yet because there's always a team like Charlotte who remember Cody Zeller's a free agent, and Charlotte would definitely think that hey, let's get this, let's try Porzingis out, and if Porzingis works, then I think Charlotte because Michael Jordan. Now it's going to actually have to invest into Charlotte, and I could always see a team that's bottom trying to maybe try and get Porzingis and all for draft picks that the Dallas Mavericks don't have right now. So that could work in Dallas's favor. So, so I'm not going to rule that out. That's actually yet. a good point about Charlotte. But I, but, but I, that's fair. That's fair. I, and, and I will, and I, and I actually do agree with that. So, um, who's next up? Christian, you want to go next up and answer the question? Do you think Kristaps Porzingis should be traded from Dallas? I absolutely 100% think he needs to be traded, and I think it's something that would be best for both parties. Um, I don't think KP really wants to be here, and I don't think many of us do. I'm sure there's still some. Um, But I think ultimately, I read, I think it was in Bleacher Report, uh, but they said that there seemed to be some mutual interest uh, between the Blazers and Mavs centered around uh, CJ McCollum for KP swap if they're able to re-sign oh, Norman Powell. Disgusting. What? I don't want CJ. CJ plays no defense. <laughs> <laughs> no, what did the Blazers get out of that? The Blazers basically yeah, picked up I, a garbage heap of trash with that one. If, if, if I'm Dame, I'm going to like actually trade re- after that. What are we actually going to get for KP? Like Harrison is he and Marvin Bagley. There we go. Thank you. As a Kings fan, I would have, happily do I that. Would not oh, my God. So, How many backcourt plays traded, do you guys need? If we traded Harrison Barnes for nothing to the Kings, then traded two first-round picks to the Knicks for KP, and then ended up just getting basically Harrison Barnes back, I I mean, the optics of that, whether you think it's a good trade or not, would be absolutely atrocious. But I think at the end of the day, it's easier to get uh, defensive players, whether it be mm. through free agency or trade, than it is offensive players. And I think at this point, I, like, I get people have been slandering CJ lately. I still think he's a good player. He's a bad defender, no. obviously. But I, I mean, I just think at this point we have to get off KP, and I'd be willing to almost take anything 
Um, I, you know, I think the first point that was made, I believe it was you, Zach, that said if we can get like literal assets and kind of just getting off the contract in a sense, I'd be all for that. But KP's got. Angel, what about you? What do you think, man? Yeah, I'll have to agree the trade for Porzingis. Here's what I see about the Dallas' situation for a big man. I think they should get like a under-the-radar solid big man, like a Robin Lopez or maybe a Jaron Allen to help like the young core with Luka. Or maybe Rashawn Holmes because he's a free agent this offseason. Yeah, but going back to what Christian said, that those aren't the players that you build around. Those those are guys you can find off the scrap heap, like Nerlens Noel, uh, like a Daniel Gafford. Those are guys you can find for free anywhere, so I wouldn't trade for those guys. Plus, plus, Norman Noel is a free agent this year, and and you know, let's be honest, he did say no to like a seventy million dollar contract from Dallas one time. So wow. it's not so it's not so it's not like he's you know I would say like eh, let's go Norman Noel. Nah, that's let's 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 not say that yeah because because and the Knicks might throw him a lot of money and let's be honest, you rather have someone that's not good get thrown a lot of money by someone else. Than you having to deal with it, and then having to deal with an angry fan base. Is is Nurkic a free, a free agent this offseason, or no, is he still? No, 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 he's not. not no, he's not. He's would, not would you guys be left on his contract? Would you guys be happy if he went to Dallas? No, no, he no. Listen, the, the no. Is, you kidding me? Did you see Portland this year? The roster, another, the roster, the roster, lovely. The roster isn't going to be fixed no, from the, a big. Portland's man. just like, awful on defense. There's no begin. rim protecting big man in the NBA that's going to fix the Dallas Mavs roster. So. No, but I do the, think the, the best, the best defensive player for Portland this year, and I really felt so bad for this man, was Robert Covington. Covington yep. really was the best defensive player, but you wouldn't even know that if you looked at a box score because you would just be like, well. They gave up 120. Like, where did Robert Covington help? You know, yeah, you see, really would have to. So, so for all the Mavs fans here, which is a, a good big man for the Mavs team? No, we're not. So you got to look beyond a big man. We need a playmaker. I don't give a shit about a big man. I don't care about. Rick okay, so playmakers. Big, I, I'm just saying. Nah, Celtic, we need a big man over here. You know, so, 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 so we need a five and a four. You guys keep on Sean Holmes. I've already explained this to y'all. Bro. Walker for Porzingis. Wow. Get is like Robert Lopez. <laughs> I mean, I mean, money wise, it makes sense, but hey, we Robert were Lopez is pretty consistent one. though with those hook shots. That's another thing of beauty for him. And then, and then more importantly, that's what Porzingis wants to play. I just think these people, like they, like they get like their own. Way when it comes to where the fuck that they want to play. Take for instance the whole James Harden in Houston situation. You know he BS that whole time thing just to get traded. And now look where the fuck that he's at right now in a bad situation. Yeah. Uh, who's 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 next to answer the who wants to trade Chris Porzingis? Anybody go up? Listen, I think the general consensus is Mavericks fans all agree that if Chris Haps wants to be moved and we can get a, a if we can get a, a, even a close to a fair deal, we are open to trading. Yes. The question is, who are we going to get? Because Nobody. it's easy to say we should trade KP without really asking who we're going to get back. So this conversation this, this conversation starts with who are we getting in return for KP? Uh, I want to um, say shout out to Ed. Ed, um, thanks for coming on. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, but I, I will say this here, though. It, the best thing, I think, for Dallas, though, right now is if they think they can get something for Porzingis, the best options, you know, and this is, you know, not us, but I'm just talking about as just a general people will probably say 
Nurkic will be the big one that they should no. get. Or I, no. I, 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 I agree. I agree. No. I agree. As Paul Pierce said, I agree. It starts with it but, start, okay. We all agree that the roster is broken. We all agree that this Mavs roster isn't what it needs to be. Both and Mavs and Portland is and broken. So you yes. go, what what do the Mavericks roster need? We need Luca is tired in the fourth quarter because he has to carry so much yep. of the burden in the first three quarters. So what the Mavericks need is either a guy who can get his own bucket without requiring any sort of help from Luca or a secondary right. playmaker who can play next to Luca and set up the other players. Malcolm Brogdon. So yeah, I was, was going to say Brogdon. Oh, the Brogdon would be nice. Yeah. Uh, and, and I was and, – and this – and how about this year too? I know no one's not mentioned this guy's name because he's been injured and he does play for Brooklyn and he is injured. But what if Dallas could maybe get a trade no. offer for Spencer Dimwill? No. No. Really? Wow. Would rather have Lonzo. Yeah, Lonzo. Lonzo would be nice, but I want Lonzo more for Chicago. Yes, Lonzo indeed, would I be agree. a perfect fit. Give us, the... give us a yo. See, give us marketing for him. <laughs> marketing? Uh, no, oh, I boy. don't want marketing. Get marketing off both of those. I well, um, another player Dallas from the Hornets that people kind of sleep on is um, Malik Monk. I think he'll be great for Dallas. That, well, that could happen. That, that could be a good trade. I could see that. Like that. Literally, uh, I, 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 the, I, I, the entire Hornets team can be contributors to any other NBA oh, team. Okay, 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 okay. But how about this here? How about if this was just a straight up deal, no draft picks or nothing? Porzingis okay. for Sabonis. Of course. Ooh. No, yeah. Nah, I don't think Pacers would do that. Pacers are declining. Hang up the phone. Brogdon and maybe. Like, I would do like Porzingis and like a pick for Brogdon. No, no, no like picks. He said, or you could do like Porzingis and Hardaway maybe. Like Brogdon, Hardaway's and... unrestricted. Oh. If we were able to do a sign-in trade and Hardaway actually wanted to go there, if they got like D'Antoni or something, you know, maybe it would work. But I still couldn't see Brogdon and uh, Sabonis coming for KP and one. Tim. Like, I just, I don't think they're going to trade Sabonis. The, the, re- the reason, I, the reason I say that though is because I look at the Pacers. And I don't think they're going to be. But this is but this thing though about Indiana. I don't see Indiana keeping Sabonis, Levert, and Brogdon this offseason. I see. I think they're kind of. Yeah, I think they're like the in the same boat as like the Orlando Magic. All that talent, and they they still can't capitalize. Yeah. And to me, and to me, if I'm Indiana or if I'm Dallas, Dallas should just make that phone call and say, "Look here." You know, we can give you something. You know, right here now. Grant, now, Grant, it would be Dallas more persuading Indiana. Yeah, but yeah. but this is thing here. If I'm Indiana, I'm if, thinking that they're trying to build around Levert. I don't think they want if, to build around. Listen, Sabonis. if we're being Levert's honest, twenty four. Sabonis is twenty four. Listen, if we're being honest, KP is not going to get you an asset. So here's what's going to happen. What I think should happen. KP for Al Horford with OKC as Ooh. a per- – wait, so hear, hear me out. Hear I me like out. that now. Here's, hear me out. So OKC has no need for Horford, right? He doesn't nope. fit their yeah. timeline at all. So I he has know. one less year He has one less year on his deal. So basically, OK, or Mavericks get off of one year of bad contract with KP, but KP is like eight years younger than Horford. So in response, the OKC Thunder give one of their 18 draft picks to the Mavericks to make up for that. So I I'd think want- that is a – I what what about a, what about Porzingis to Memphis for Valanciunas? No, oh, good, Memphis, good, good one. No, Memphis, good one. No, Memphis, needs, no, no, Memphis needs a Memphis wing player. So it's going to be OKC because Chris Stapps is still young enough for where they can take a flyer on him, see if he grows with their young roster. They need a stretch big, and I think it works yeah. for both sides. They need to get rid of their picks anyway, so they give us one just and as like a – And the center pro. from Josh, Josh, the Spurs, Jacob Purtle. If, if, if OKC called me 
and made that offer that you said. If I'm Mark Cuban, I want three first round picks for that. Sorry, Al Horford. No, yeah. Al Horford's no. too no, 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 Al Horford. Yeah, you want many? I, no. I think Dallas too. That, that's not going to happen. Right. Let's no. hypothetically, let's go. Let's go into that's it. That's the let's crazy say, thing about it. Let's He's say OKC worth the money, stays. Let's say okay. Let's say OKC stays at seven, and then Houston falls to five. They're five and seven. If you trade Horford and seven for Porzingis, I'd do that. I'd do that. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but but if it's a first-round pick and it's not for the next two years or, or any of these next two coming up years, I'm hanging up that phone because because that's just a sorry deal to me. Because And, and no offense to Al Hartford. I do like Al Hartford. You know, he's got a beautiful wife and everything. But this is my thing about Al Hartford. <laughs> I think it's, it's a fair <laughs> Ever since the Giannis series, he ain't been that Al Hartford that I know. He actually was really good this year in OKC. If the Mavs can get back 50% of the draft capital they paid to acquire Kristaps, I don't see how the Mavs say no to that, especially if it gets them off a year off of that deal that they paid him, and it means that they can still re-sign Tim Hardaway Jr., Moses who they Moody. honestly was the best player. Well, and I think you're going to have – if you trade, get off KP, then you can focus, and I'm sure the fan base would be furious because you would be gearing towards the 2022 free agency where there's actually a ton of talent. But I think ultimately, you know, it at the end of the day, if we get back two mid to late draft picks, we come out even. And if you get someone like Horford, it's A, someone that I obviously is not going to be a number two, but he can be a solid rotation piece. And you get back the draft capital to where now we have three and possibly four first round uh, picks to making a bigger trade down the line. Like ultimately, I think we need to be t- thinking about the long view as opposed to the Cavs, who were like, "Oh, next year we got to be better. Next year we got to be better." Yeah, and then, exactly. Uh, and some teams are willing to pay that luxury tax too, just to keep. Certain- right, well, well, well. I, I know Ed. Said, I know Ed said that Wall has two years on his contract. I want to say this here. John Wall has the most expensive contract as a point guard outside of, like, Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul. Wait, was so Daniel Reddick uh, injured this playoff series? Yeah, or? Yes, yes, he, he oh, okay. was. He was, yeah. I think. Yeah. Right, you guys are going to sign him back, or what's what's going to happen? Hey, hey, before I, hey, before I sign off, hey, Christian, I just want to say I love you, dude. Uh, I got to sign off. Thanks for this, this chat. Um, I'll see you on Kirk's. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. Oh, Kirk's on? All right. Hey, hey Josh, give me a follow, man. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Yeah, but Zach, um, I like I like how you brought up about Cody Zeller. I think I think he will be a good, good contributor contributor in any team. No, I, I think I, so. I, I think I think Zeller is underrated. Defense. Underrated big man. By the way, way, if anyone's not following me, make sure to just keep following me on Locker Room, and I'm gonna shut this up. Just follow me on Spotify as well. It's the name of the title, literally keeping it 200. You're gonna see um, off the top rope can explain. It's just a, a J Cole picture. Of uh, like um, basically uh, memorizing like the D way LeBron. So make sure you guys give me a follow because what's because because I actually am enjoying this great conversation. So that's why. Me too. Yeah. But um, yeah. Or- for the for a backup for Luca, I would love to see either Beal or Lonzo. One of those two would be Beal. great. We do not have assets for Beal. I think you guys do. But anyways. Now, I I, I, I want to go ahead and get off this topic here because we're going to, you know, we're all going to just beat ourselves to death if we keep mentioning trades. But I wanted to talk about the Atlanta-Philadelphia 76ers game. Trey Young, you know, he had 35 points. He was 11-23. Of course, this game came down basically at the end where where it showed Atlanta's youth and almost – they almost lost this game. Uh, They almost took the – 
Oh yeah, uh, Bogdanovich Sam, came in ben clutch. Simmons dunk. Uh, um, Triple H rung the bell to get the yep. Sixers riled up today. Embiid was 12 21, 39 on the ninth, nine rebounds. You had Tobias Harris 20 and 10. We had 30. And then you had uh, Ben Simmons 7 of 7, 17 points. He was 3 of 10 at the free throw line. So if you want to get your jokes in on that, go ahead. <laughs> and Danny Green guarded Solomon Hill had ass. And, and then we had Danny Green. He was two of seven with four points. But Danny Green was also guarding Trey Young a lot in this game, and that was definitely not good. Um, but but, 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 but that's right. I was, I was uh, Ben Simmons. No, 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 no. But no, but I was going to actually ask what, what was anybody's thoughts on this one twenty eight one twenty four win for Atlanta? Um, I feel like it's a lot bigger than it was because I mean. It, the reason that comeback started down like 18 was two crazy Seth Curry threes, which really surprised me. I should raise that comeback, and I, that's why I like Seth Curry, and I miss Steph, Seth Curry. But anyways, yeah, I mean, I, I, I came into a series picking Atlanta in six or seven. People called me crazy. I'm still standing by it. Anybody same. else thoughts? Yeah, I don't think you're crazy. But basically we have until like Tuesday to slander – Philly. Um, now, what do you mean? Because I feel like they're gonna. Well. I feel like they're gonna. They might tie it up. No, they they should because they go on two. They're losing the series. I'm sorry, Atlanta's not losing two games at home. They're not Dallas, unfortunately. They're not. Dallas. I don't know. Atlanta's fan base isn't that great, to be honest. Did you see them at home versus New York, bro? They were yelling at New York. And 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 and. But the reason why for that one though, right? Because they're facing the New York Knicks, then. You know, they bailed up this whole escapade that, oh, they did the four seed because, because that whole situation and shit like that. But then I, I mean, they were respectable. Yo, get past the first round, then come talk to me. And they, and yeah, they still can't. They don't have the pieces around to even go against a trade on to, uh, to, uh, John Collins. They even up a Donovich and shit like that. And then they have, and then they have more youth. And then I just feel like they, I just feel like, Certain teams have certain mentalities and more more like identities, and I just think Trey Young is just the defining identity that he just became the Reggie Miller within that New York series. So I think he's just embracing that, and he's going to pull it to the next level. I, I, will I think these teams are doing that type of shit. I, I will say this here though for Atlanta fans, they <laughs> they really must be going through like the worst like sports franchise history in their history because let's be honest, their last few years have been just terrible. 28-3, Julio's <laughs> traded, Matt Ryan has a big contract, and it seems like in Georgia, Bulldog, Georgia Bulldogs in football, eh, you're going to get what you're going to get right there. And then it's finally like something's coming around the corner with Atlanta. But I just have this feeling, though, that Atlanta fans are going to get hurt again in some big major fashion. Yeah, I, I just got that feeling. Like... Because, yeah, because they are debated they... after the first round. It, that's well, true. That's true. That's true. But what happens if this offseason? What happens if Atlanta says, "You know what? We can start trading like a player or two. You don't know how that could be, man. Because one player really could be a big difference maker in a franchise, or one key player could really change how teams are the next year. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. I, I, I will say this. I will say this here though for Trey Young today. Trey Young came out and really. Like to me, he really proved that like his floater game yeah. is really what's definitely like one of the best in the NBA today. I'm not gonna say it's the best floater 
because because then we'll get into this conversation of who's got the best ones: Kyrie, Derrick Rose, Curry. Who knows? And you know, to me, but Trey Young's Florida really was a big help in this game today. I want to ask you guys this here a question here today because this was on Twitter. Uh, Jason Maples asked this here. He said, "I have zero medical expertise." But a seven foot, two hundred and eighty pound guy referring to Joel Embiid playing bas- playing the playoff basketball on a bad name screams terrible to me. Did you guys think that Joel Embiid looked bad today, or do you think that this is just overreaction? Um, I think I had a gut feeling when they said day to day. I'm like, when they said slightly torn meniscus, it's like, bro, I've had a slightly torn Achilles and I was out for like ten weeks. And it's like that's pretty similar to that in length time. So I'm like. This is most likely not a slightly torn. I think I think it was. Um, I assumed it was slightly strained because I think he had some pain. But if it's slightly torn, he should he should be like hobbling. I he's like so be able to run a bit. So yeah. I think it's more strained meniscus, which is still not good. He still has the risk of injuring it more, but um, it's not as bad as they try to say slightly torn. Anybody else thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm all set with that one. Uh-huh. Well, well, I, I will say, though, that to me, Joe Embiid just didn't look like he had, like, no knee injury because, I mean, he had 39, he had nine rebounds, he was 14 or 15. One. I will say the first, like, minute, he did look like he wasn't, like, in it. But to me, that, but then as the game went on, he just started feeling himself. DeAndre Hunter was out with right knee soreness. Atlanta Hawks fans think that this is something more. Do you, do you think that it's DeAndre Hunter's – yeah, it's his meniscus from earlier in the season being tight. Um, how about this year though, John Collins, seven nine twenty one points. Um, anyone really think that who? Did anybody think anybody else had like a really good game outside of Trey Young and Joe Odom beat like? Because to me, I thought John Collins was a big help in this game. Back Donovan made back Donovan made a couple of threes that were key for that uh, to seal that victory anyway. So. Yeah. He he did he did, but that turnover though in the like late fourth quarter that's what almost scared me because I was just like I said man Philadelphia actually might come back and win this game they really might so um and uh, now now, now I, I will say this here though so um someone said they had Atlanta in six or seven was that you Noah yep okay um anybody else think this series is going to end with Atlanta in six or seven or do you think it's Philadelphia in five or six or seven? I want to say Atlanta in six, but I think it would be foolish to think that Philly's not going to win game two. And then going to Atlanta, they're probably going to split the games there. So, I, I don't know. I might go seven. Just like I said, the Bucks series, I came into the Bucks series saying Bucks in six, but if it went to game seven, I'd choose the Nets. Kind of vice versa with the Hawks series. If it went to a game seven, I'd pick Philly. If it goes, if like Atlanta's up 3-2, I'd pick Atlanta in game six. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna say I'm, I'm still gonna say Philadelphia in six because when I looked at the because before this I did say Philadelphia does still look like if Joel Embiid is healthy and Ben Simmons is able to just be 50% the line and Tobias Harris is actually having games over 20 Philadelphia is going to be able to win this in six but. I will say this here, though. What also might hurt Atlanta was the young age of, like, in the last, like, minute or so. Because Atlanta really should have won this game more than just by four. And I thought that's what may have been, like, the big, 
will setting to me. However, Atlanta still could win in six because we've seen Philadelphia the last couple of years. We all think they're going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they don't. 2019 Kawhi, um, year before that, Boston. It, it, it's, it always happens, and we always you know, try to have high hopes. So, so I still say Philadelphia in six, but, but there is some doubt now in me about that Philadelphia in six. All right, can I slander Ben Simmons now? Yes, I'm go ahead. Let me go first. Let me go first. Let me go first. But Ben Simmons, I just want to say he calls himself the self-called defensive player of the year. He can do that himself. So if you're just going to guard majority of the game, Kevin Herter and Solomon Hill, man, I, I, I get he's too slow for Trey Young, but it's like you could at least guard Bogey, man. I know you can hold up with Bogey. He's out here guarding <laughs> Solomon Hill. It's like – you know what? This is why I said Embiid and Thibault are better defenders. I've, I've said this. Um, Simmons is my 10th best defender in the league. And I stand by that. I said there's an argument for him also being 11th or 12th. It's like he's a bit overrated on de- defense. I think versatility is a bit overrated in the sense because people say he can guard one through five. It's like I'll tell you this now. He cannot guard five. So the surname is Robert Williams and P.J. Tucker. Okay. And those are small centers, or like a Bam, who's like six eight, six nine. He's not. He he can't guard in Nurkic. He can't guard. I don't even have to guard Bam. He can't even do that. So it's like he can't guard those elite, strong, big centers. That's why I said Simmons can really guard two through four more re- realistically, and some ones which aren't as fast. Like he can't guard a Fox. He's not going to guard a Conley well. Like dudes who are very quick off their feet and. And very good with shot creating. He just can't guard those dudes. And it's not his I mean it's not his fault, it's just foot speed and everything. That's why he should get traded, to be honest. Like I said this before, Simmons Simmons and you choose between Thibel or Maxi, or as I like to call Thibel, Tony Allen two point and like a pick or two for Damian Lillard. I, yeah, I really like Lillard to Philly. They need to do that. Not, like not for the Celtics, but. Well, well I want to add. Well, well, I want to get on to this next topic here before I get into Brooklyn, Milwaukee on Saturday night, the only game. Is it time to break up CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard? Because I've yes. said yes. 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 Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I, I will ask you this, guys, here because Jason Kidd took himself out of the. Head coach running. He said he didn't want to be it. Damian Lillard did say that Jason Kidd's the type of coach you want. Who's the head coach that could replace Portland now? Because they fired Terry Slots. Because Terry Slots really was going to get them to where they really were at anyway. So is there a better coach, or do you think that this is going to be worse for Portland? No, worse. There's no coach you can get. I'm sorry to say it. I mean, the only person you can go towards is Mike D'Antoni who would eat the way till after the season for that head coach because he's a, co- he's a free agent head coach, Mike D'Antoni. So yeah. that's the only thing you can go for. And if you're not going to get Mike D'Antoni, what you can do is sign um, – the only, the only reason Chauncey Billups is available. Uh, he's the assistant yeah, coach for the Clippers. Uh, Sam Cassell, the assistant the coach for the people um, looking at is Sam Cassell and Kenny Atkinson. Kenny Ooh, Atkinson, Kenny I, don't, I, would, I would only do it if they were going to rebuild and trade the Lord. I only okay, do that if they go, trade the Only do if they trade yeah. the Because Kenny yeah. Atkinson is so well at developing players, it's not funny. He's really good at that. So it's like if I were to trade Lillard for Thibel and Simmons in the, in the picks, 
I feel like he could develop Thibault into more of a better offensive player because, it's like, I know if Thibault stays on Philly, he's just, just going to be Tony Allen 2.0, which is not bad. I mean, being one of the best perimeter defenders of all time, like, like he has the skills for that. But if he's if he's gonna be a black hole in offense and can't play anything more in twenty minutes, what what's the point of it? Yeah, I, I will say though this here, the only reason I said Kenny Atkinson like uh, at first is because if they've got the same team that they have right now, it's really not going to be a difference, and I just don't see Portland getting better. But like you said, if they trade Lillard or Lillard wants to be traded, and they just focus on CJ being the top guy, I think that that would actually work. Right there. However, to me, I think that I also think the only like really big coaching candidate that I think would take that job next would be Mike D'Antoni. And if Mike D'Antoni doesn't take it and Chauncey Billups doesn't want it and Cassell doesn't want it and they don't go for Kenny Atkinson, I believe they'll just get someone like Scott Skiles because they'll just look at, well, we don't really have anybody else really left. And I know there's talk of Jawan Howard, but Jawan Howard's happy at Michigan. He's not leaving Michigan. Exactly. Like, he's not leaving that right now. Zach, Zach, what about their defensive head coach, Jim Boylan? What about their defensive head coach, Jim Boylan? (laughs) You see Portland's defense this year? They they signed Jim Boylan to improve their defense. And I said, y'all defense, but I'll be trash. Our defense was trash when we had Jim Boylan, so he's going to improve our defense, bro. We love you, trash. But, but let me just say this here. Let me just say this here. When they brought Ennis Cantor back, and I had to get all these Celtics fans. No offense to off the top rope. No offense to Trey. Hey, but my hey, God, thank, I, hey, thank I, you for I, that. Thank you for taking me off my knees, by the way. Thank you for taking him off my knees, by the way. I had to hear people say Ennis Cantor is going to be a defensive anchor and all this shit. I'm like. What the fuck are you people watching? Like, cancer, when he was in Portland in 2018. Yo, Tyler, did I you like two years ago? <laughs> I'm, so, no, I, I I knew when cancer came back to Portland, I knew that team was going to be bad defensively. What because Nurkic, man? Nurkic defense from, like, 2018, which was, like, near elite, he's now, like, a negative on defense. So it's, like, crazy to say, all oh, those knee injuries killed him. Exactly. The, the knee injuries did kill him because I remember last year – Portland's defense was even more worse, but this year's team, like, and I will say this here though, Norman Powell, they definitely should definitely bring back to Portland if they can get a deal for him, because Norman Powell really was their second best defensive player for Portland in this playoffs. It was Covington first and Powell second, or you could go Powell one, Covington but two. Powell's but gonna be, if Powell's gonna be your second best defender, you're not gonna win anything. True, but at the same time though. When you're Portland, the only thing that you can do is just look up. It can't get worse defensively. You're already in that mm-hmm. realm of the I mean, Kings and the Timberwolves defense. You have Lillard and CJ as a backcourt. I mean, that, that's already pretty bad defensively as you can get. Yeah. I I, I, I will say this here, though, that the – now, I will ask you guys here this here. If Damian Lillard does want a trade, where do you think Damian Lillard would be traded to? Philly. That's the only thing that seems realistic. Wherever he can, wherever he can assemble a big three. He says he wants to contend, and the thing is, the only teams that have assets is Philly or New York. Is New York going to get a contending team? I don't know about what that. is what is Philly giving up? They're giving up Simmons, Seibel, and the two first. I pretty much Tobias. Maybe that too. 
Tobias needs to go as well. Not Tobias as well, no. It's no Simmons, one or the other, but they'd ask for Simmons for sure. Tobias and Simmons are one pick. No, why would you trade both Tobias? No, no, dumb. What Tobias has is usually for that team. Cap, do you understand Cap space? That would be shit in this case. But anyway. No, it does. Basically, it would be Simmons, and I would ask for Tyrese Maxey. Fair enough. Cyborg Maxey is fun. And then, so, I mean, I don't know. It's it's up to Lillard where he wants to go, I would say, even though he has, like, four years left on his deal. I push for for a trade. Oh. He knows where he's gonna go and like the team that's gonna be assembled. Uh, I, I do have, I, I do have to ask with. this here. Weapons of Damian Lillard says I want to stay in Portland, but I just want a new running mate. Who do you think that Portland could get for CJ McCollum? No one better than CJ is offensively right now. I mean, you can get someone better maybe defensively. The best thing they can do is just um. Get no pay Norman Powell because he does a solid job. He's his replacement, and then like I don't know, upgrade at other positions. Uh, I want to get into this last game though because this was the last game of the weekend. It was the Brooklyn Nets. They won one fifteen one oh seven. Durant twenty nine, Kyrie twenty five. Shout out to the Brotherhood, Duke University. You know, if you guys have ever watched a podcast episode of anything, I shout the Brotherhood of Duke more than anything on this show. Um, They had fifty four combined. Giannis thirty four points, sixteen of twenty four. PJ Tucker had seven. Brooke Lopez nineteen. Holiday seventeen, Chris Middleton six of twenty three, zero of five from three, thirteen points, thirteen rebounds. Um, any takeaways from this game? Nets gave up a lot of rebounds that game. A lot. That's the only negative thing I'll say. A lot of rebounds he gave up. I, I will say this here to me: the Nets in this game, Kevin Durant and Kyrie, if they didn't play the forty minutes, like because they play about combined. 84 minutes and there's 48 minutes in the game. Like, had they not played, but say they played like 35, I'm thinking Milwaukee would have had this. But this really was one of the best Brooklyn defensive games because usually most Brooklyn games are ending with 128 and stuff. This was 107, and they did hold Milwaukee to under 20% shooting from round three. It wasn't holding. It was more of the same thing Miami did with game one where Milwaukee shot like 19% from three, where they just had a lot of open looks and they were just missing. I mean, the thing is, you do not want to bet on that because in game one, Brent Forbes shot always seven from three. The next game, he shot six of seven. So I would not take your bets of saying, I just hope Brooklyn changes their game plan for those threes because like they're letting Brent Forbes and Middleton and the dudes, they're trying to, anyone outside of Drew and Giannis can beat us. That's what they're going with. The thing is, for a game or two, or maybe even four, that isn't going to work where they're just going to hit shots. I want to give a shout-out to Blake Griffin, though. He actually played, like, his best game in, like, nearly, like, two years in, like, a playoffs. He had 18 points on 7 of 13, 4 of 9 from 3, 14 rebounds. I mean, Blake looked like a L.A. Clipper Blake Griffin in this game, in my opinion. Because I ain't seen a, a Blake Griffin playoff game this good since he was with the Clippers. Yeah, I don't know how they just allowed that to happen, but 
And then Joe Harris was 7 of 11, 5 of 9 from 3, 19 points. Um, yeah, I mean, good shooting from I, – I, I will say this here. Brooklyn did have good shooting from their starters. Their bench, you know, the only guy they really had was just Mike, Mike James, James scoring. Yep, and Bruce Brown did have the 2 for 5 with 6 points, but it really wasn't nothing – to write home about it really was Brooklyn stars that really just kept it going. And, you know, I will say this here, if Blake Griffin, Joe Harris don't have a good game too. Um, if they don't have a good game too, Brooklyn's not winning this um, game. I think Milwaukee's definitely winning this um, by 10. I should hope so. If Milwaukee, loses, That's if, Milwaukee if, they, if they lose, if they continue to lose without James Harden there, that's sad. Like it really, that truly uh, is. That truly is. Because they're only going to get better from that point on. So, if you're Giannis, how do you feel about that? Like, this whole team you assembled got beat by a team that didn't even have Harden. Like, I, I will I will say this here, though, about, like, this team right here, about Brooklyn. Because, you know, if – I mean, because Giannis and – and this is Milwaukee's fault, too. You know, you can't let Blake Griffin have this good of a game. And you can't let Joe Harris have this good of a game. You know, like Kyrie and Kevin Durant, like Kyrie was not shooting the ball great. He was 11 of 26 and 3 of 11 from 3. But, you know, they're going to, you know, to me, Milwaukee's going to really have, I know Milwaukee thinks that, oh, well, we're just going to let someone else outside Kyrie and KD beat us. I wouldn't try that. I really wouldn't because especially when Middleton is not shooting good on the other end, Drew Holiday was seven of nineteen, two of seven from three on that seventeen points. Byron Forbes, um, who Noah mentioned, was two of eight, one of five from three. I, I will say Milwaukee does win game two by ten because I don't see Blake Griffin and Joe Harris having a good back to back game. I just don't see that. I don't see that happening either. Yeah, I, um, I hope the Nets. I hope the Nets lose game two. So, 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 but I will ask you this here, um, because you, because you and um, Trey are the only guys left here. Um, what do you guys think the series is going to end? Because I say Brooklyn in six. I agree. That's what it's looking like. I'm thinking Brooklyn in seven. I think somehow James Harden is going to be a James Harden is definitely going to be a factor when it comes to this because if that at full strength, I would see this go less than maybe five games, but. And this is, but at this juncture, depending on the situation with Harden, I'm gonna stretch out two more games from seven for Brooklyn. Um, how about this here? Monday night, we've got two games on tap. It's Brooklyn at the Nets at seven thirty, and then at ten o'clock, we got the Nuggets Suns. So, uh, and this is something that we can all talk about. Um, Nuggets Suns. Who, who do you think's winning that series in seven? Ah. Uh... I'm going with the Suns. Suns, okay. You going with the Suns? Suns tell me I'm gonna go with the big Joker over there. I'm going with Denver. I say this series ends in seven, and I'm going to go with the Nuggets because to me, if Austin Rivers, because Michael Malone has woken up something in Austin Rivers that his father couldn't even do. If Austin Rivers is shooting fifty percent from three, he's having over twenty points. He's got confidence from Michael Malone, the head coach, giving him that. That is that's all Denver needs. Jokic, we know he's going to have a good game, but when you guys got, but when you get Austin Rivers and you let Austin Rivers whoop your ass, that's when. And, I know. and don't forget Michael Porter Jr. too. 
Michael Porter Jr. Yes, yes because that first quarter he had in game six, 22 points. Michael Porter Jr., I will say to me, like as much as everyone talks about Ben Simmons shooting efficiency, Michael Porter Jr., if he has a bad game, he makes up for those mistakes and has a better offensive game. No, um, I think I, Evan Booker is about to kill it. I really think Devin that gonna Phoenix is going to have to rely on a lot of Devin Booker because because Chris Paul's shooting is not going to help them. Chris Paul's literally just going to have to be an offensive passer. He that's all he can be is pass first right now because of the shoulder. DeAndre Ayton is going to have to be more aggressive because he just can't take five attempts. Ayton's going to need like 15, 20 attempts now. And Mr. Crowley is going to have to play great, you know, great offensive game plan, and he's going to be that two-way player for them um, exactly. as well. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I, I, I want to mention, like, this tweet. Like, you guys know who Joy Taylor is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, Joy Taylor asked everyone after game six, does Chris Paul deserve, like, MVP votes or something like that? And then everyone, like, roasted her immediately saying, like, and I re- remember someone asking, like, how can you ask this question when Devin Booker just dropped 47? <laughs> that is, so, and, so, Devin Booker, so, and Devin Booker got snubbed out of the bubble last year, a perfect 8-0. They still didn't get into that bubble playoffs. And then, didn't he get snubbed in this year's All-Star? And he made it as a replacement. And that and that is doing more so to his wound. Ah, fuck that. And and this and this is what's so terrible about this here is media writers like Joy Taylor have a vote and who's going to win MVP. And she basically like admitted that that's going to be like the MVP person that she voted for. And to me, if Chris Paul and Phoenix do beat Denver, imagine how many people are going to be saying Chris Paul deserves to be MVP despite the fact that he's not the best scorer on his own team or the best shooter on his own team. Mm. I mean, I, I guess, because one, one thing about media writers and media people like Stephen A. Smith and these guys, Skip they're, they're always going exactly, to keep getting their votes and everything. And also, and also off the top rope, I actually wanted to mention, um, there's this guy that just got hired to WWE, um, talent. Uh, he's going to be working in the office for the WWE movies. Jamie, Jamie something. He was actually on ESPN and actually got Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless together. And that's where all that screaming and yelling came from. So we can blame Jamie now, who's at WWE, who will be working in California making WWE movies. So so we can blame Jamie for that stuff. Oh, wow. That's a fun fact. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I tell you, whenever I come on these shows... I gotta blow someone's mind away with a stat. <laughs> nah, that really is because low key, I'm not even thinking about that. I'm thinking about the whole, the, um, what's his face, Nick Khan trying to pull a fast one on New Japan, on New Japan, trying to work out a partnership with them. So that's what I've been distracted yeah. on. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, bringing in uh, Ash. Ash, what's up, man? How you been? Hey, what's up? How you doing? Oh, what up, Ash? Much. Ash, catch up for Pokemon's here. <laughs> hey, 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 Ash, make sure to give me a follow, man. Give me a follow, too, Ash. I got you. Yeah, I got you. Uh, Ash, Ash, we um, we're just talking about the Phoenix Denver game money, uh, Denver game Monday. Um, who do you um have winning that series? Uh, I think it could be a toss up. 
I'm gonna go with Phoenix. I want to see Phoenix probably in six, six or seven. Okay. And, and what about the Milwaukee Brooklyn? Um, how do you think that series is gonna play out? I, 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 my heart says Milwaukee, but Brooklyn, <laughs> Brooklyn is dangerous. Brooklyn is dangerous, but Giannis needs some help too. Like Chris Middleton has to play a lot better. He had 13 points yeah. in, in one. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, 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 you, uh, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. They, they would just need their shooting. The shooters need to, you know, they have to play better. And, and Milwaukee's going to have to play better defensively because yeah. you cannot let Blake Griffin yeah, turn Blake into Griffin an L.A. Clipper Blake Griffin, and you can't let Joe Harris turn into yeah, Blake yeah, exactly. three. Exactly. Um, now, now, one thing I'd like to do on this show is, like, if I don't know if you ever watched it. Ash, you can go back and watch Keeping It 200 on Spotify. Um, I always talk about the betting lines for the next game. I always like to do that. Um, so the point spread for Milwaukee is plus one and a half. They're the underdog money line. They're minus one Oh three and Brooklyn's the favorite minus one and a half with the money line at one seventeen. So I want to go around and ask who's, who's, who would you take if you were betting right now? If I was betting. If, um, if you were betting, if you were. Yeah. Well, Milwaukee, they're one and a half underdogs, right? Yes, yes. So, I probably yeah, I probably would take yeah the one and a half. Yeah. Uh, off the top rope, you got anything? Uh, I definitely, I definitely, uh, I would have to go with KD, man. This is, this is that time. This is what Brooklyn, Brooklyn guy do this right here, seven games. Well, if so, so taking money on this game. Spread? Then yeah, then they're in big trouble because you don't want to go down O two against these guys. I feel like game two is a must win for Milwaukee. Thank you. Um, Trey, Trey, you, Trey, Trey, um, did you have the, which one were you going to take the point spread or money line? What's the point spread? I think I think I would take the point spread. Yeah, because Brooklyn is minus one and a half, Milwaukee plus one and a half. Um, Brooklyn is money line minus one seventeen, and their point spread is minus one twelve. So, so really, you win back the same amount, like of money, basically, on it. I'm going to take the Milwaukee one and a half because Milwaukee's just the favorite to me in this, and I, and the plus one and a half is just it's it's too much to like. I, I like Brooklyn, but I just. I think Milwaukee's definitely got game two in this bag. And I, and I definitely say Milwaukee's going to probably win by 10 because Giannis is definitely going to come out and have a, it, it definitely carry this team. Byron Forbes, if he gets hot, he's going to be hot from three. Well, yeah, Arthur Pinto is definitely going to have to shoot a good game in game two, too. He can't just be driving in the lane trying to get in the paint. And then I think and that's then, what they're prepared for out of anything. So if during the whole offseason last season, if he hasn't been working on his free throw shooting or, or, or mid-range shooting, then they're going to have a problem because that means Chris Mills is going to have to step up. And then what if he don't? Exactly. Exactly. And that's what Middleton, I'm saying. Middleton's Middleton going to have to have a way better up. game. Yes, a, a way better game. Uh, now, so uh, what you say, now, I said what? Middleton's the one who needs to step up. Middleton needs like a yeah. 30 point. Yeah, he does. Definitely. 
Because he's supposed to be the second option. So. Yeah, because he's yeah he's the number two option. Yeah. Um. I now the final game on Monday is the Hawks. Um. Well, sorry, the Nuggets. Suns. Nuggets are the favorite plus five. Um. Well, actually, yeah, the Nuggets are the underdog plus five, and Phoenix is the favorite minus five. Who, who would you take in that game? Are you going to take the Nuggets plus five or the Suns minus five? I'm going to go with the underdogs on this one. I'm going to go with the Suns to take game one because Devin Booker is going to be red hot. He's going to carry that thing over. He's going to have a 30-plus point game, maybe not close to 40, but somewhere in the 30. And Chris Paul is going to have at least a double-double, even though he's not going to shoot a lot. But at least when it comes to close contested shots that he can make, just get that yeah. little ball, go to the free-throw line, make it, you know what I'm saying, get an one for that. So um, I'm going to go with the Suns on this one. Wow. Uh, in order for that Suns um, to win, they need to win by six or more. I'm going to take Denver plus five because I do say Phoenix wins game one, but yeah. it's going to be a close four-point game. I think it's going to be not, really I'm close. I'm not riding – exactly, because I – as and this is what's going to be the big thing too. If Jay Crowder, which Jay Crowder has had in that Lakers game, he did not shoot the ball well, but Crowder was good defensively. If Crowder doesn't shoot the ball good – you know Chris Paul's not going to be the the scoring guy, so it's going to be Booker, but Booker's going to need someone else, and Aiden's going to have Cameron to be more Payne. aggressive. Exactly, and Cameron Payne is off the bench, yeah. and you're gonna you're definitely going to need that scoring. But to me, the game's going to be close because Michael Malone's going to make sure Jokic is in that paint. He's going to get the ball. You know he's going to be able to score easy. You've got Michael Porter Jr. If Porter is hot, which which is going to be the big one. To That's going to, yeah. P- Porter and Jay Crowder, who's who's going to have the better of the two? Are we going to be talking Tuesday, hey, Crowder had Porter's number, or are we going to be saying Porter had Crowder's number? We don't know yet. So, But that plus five is just too much to just not say no to. But yeah, um, bringing in Angel again. Hey, what's up, Angel? Yeah, I had, I had to go back, get a new puff oh, thing, make oh, things right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, um, we were just getting into the betting lines. Uh, Angel, um, Milwaukee plus one and a half, or are you taking Brooklyn minus one and a half? For game two or the entire series? Uh, game two, game two. I can see Bucks coming back. From one zero, I think they're gonna tie the series. And it's, I think it's gonna be like that, back and forth. And the Denver Nuggets plus five or Suns minus five betting line. I got Denver plus five. There you go. There you go. Now, 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 just because you say that the point spread doesn't mean that you don't like believe Phoenix can't win. It's just I'm uh-huh. just gonna. I, I don't. I I I know. I'm just mentioning this to like every one of my subscribers. For some, for some reason, a lot of people that listen to this, like family and friends, they really love when I talk about the betting lines for some reason. So it always just makes me happy. Know, because you <laughs> want to know why. That helps us with our gambling issues and shit. <laughs> so you know whenever that you're going to go to DraftKings and shit like that, and then like, they listen to certain people's podcasts and get information, that they're going to be playing close to that chess. So they want exactly. to try to think that they're trying to win 2 and one Exactly. And, and listen, uh, listen here. I'm less than five hours away from Tennessee. So the gambling... Oh, so the question for you is, how do you feel about Julio Jones being traded over there? 
to me, uh, because because I'm no longer a Carolina Panthers fan because of what they've done to Cam Newton, and I've actually never talked about it. Now they got Sam Darnold. So 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 actually so actually I'm actually glad to talk about NFL. To me, the big question is going to be not because of Julio, but is Ryan Tannehill the right quarterback for Tennessee? To me, I think Tennessee is going to have a good regular season, but I don't think they're going to make it past the wild card of the playoffs. That's how I see it. But I think Julio going to uh, going to Tennessee from Atlanta, I'm glad to see because as a Panthers fan, Julio used to be a pain in the ass. <laughs> but now that he's not, but now that I'm no longer no Panthers fan or nothing, I really appreciate Julio's game. And I'm like, man, like to me, I was shocked because I thought New England was going to get Julio. I really did think New England well, was going to get Julio. Well, I'm glad they didn't. <laughs> I mean, more like you mean. I thought the Seahawks would be were in front runners to get him after the BS um sign that we got for our wide receiver situation. I said to myself, "Yeah, he did not try to spend too much money on I mean, on Julio Trey, or did not try to give him that many pieces after the crazy sign that we just did. Who who you really gonna have to give up for that? You know what I mean? So exactly. I'm like, that's not really gonna work. Exactly, and, and and I will say this here to any Baltimore Ravens fans watching live or on later on Spotify, you were never going to get Julio Jones. <laughs> so stop that, stop that lying. Stop that lying. Like, I got to break some Baltimore Ravens hearts like today. Like, no, you guys are never going to get no Julio Jones and stuff. You guys don't even have an offensive line to protect Lamar Jackson next year. Stop, stop that lying. He was hanging out even getting AB before AB signed with Tampa last year. Exactly. It, so definitely <laughs> I remember was, that. And I told myself, it, yeah, exactly. that ended up exactly. being disastrous. <laughs> exactly. Um, and also, um, so that so I guess we've covered everything basically today. We we talked about the Atlanta fans. We talked about some WWE. We talked about some boxing. We talked about a lot of the NBA. Great conversations today. You know, um, you know the show we is talked about AEW. We um, haven't talked about AEW, we but we could. I mean, I could start the next room off. We could just talk about that. I could just leave it as an active dog where it could be just an open forum for any sports topic that y'all want to discuss, and we can just continue on from there. Exactly, and I'm going to go watch AEW right after this, so I won't be on. And okay. also, I'm going to be watching the Vegas Golden Knights try to go up to 2 on the Colorado Avalanche. Yes, I am in Tennessee, and I'm betting on the Golden Knights. So that's why. <laughs> that's why. Shout out to my Bruins, man. Right. Beat the Islanders right now. Well, what do you guys like more, WWE or AEW? Uh, well, me, since I'm the wrestling podcast here, I gotta be the unbiased one, so I can't pick neither because both of them have pros and pros and cons. Yeah, so yeah, that's true. And, and the good news is about me, I'm a sports podcast, so I cover everything. So. Yeah, me I do too. like AEW more, but I will say if you got rid of Raw, you would actually get a lot of WWE fans back. If you just oh, got rid yes. of three hours of Raw and went to two. Because I, I wish that would, would. Yeah, go back to two hours. Yeah. Go back exactly. to two hours, fire like 20 writers, and then you have a more, <laughs> sta- then you have a more stabilized script. In front of you guys, because SmackDown, SmackDown's really carrying the main roster. Roman yes, Reigns, they yes, really are. And 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 this and this is what I don't understand. People will get upset and say, "Well, they put Roman too much on the show." They've told you for over a year that Roman 
is the thing that carries SmackDown. It, he's yeah. the only reason that. But here's the thing though, about that one. I mean, but here's the thing about that one. When Roman came in, when he was with the Shield, they, I mean, they played him perfectly. But then when they broke up the shield and they, they try to force him as the baby face, yeah. it's the whole school fed thing. Forcing us down our fucking throat, even though that we claimed they gave it him like that John and it wasn't working for them. Here's yeah. why they always had to fed him to Brock Lesnar and John Cena and shit like that and AJ Styles from well, 2016 well, and, to 2018. And, and, and you actually just brought up something here. The main event of that SummerSlam is supposed to be Roman Reigns, John Cena. I, I wanted to ask yeah, you I heard about your that. thoughts on that. I, I wanted to ask you your thoughts about that because because I know you're the one that really I covers mean, wrestling fully. They're only I mean they're only doing this because the fans they need the fans to come back they spend the, that money yeah, so they need a big market matches. They need a big Especially match. Especially if you have one of the big four pay per views and you're coming back after a year and some months of not having fans around. Vince McMahon is just all about what they money doesn't give a shit. Why do you think low key they put Brock Lesnar away from the alumni and put him back on the cover and watch them? They're already working out to try to get his ass back to get him against Bobby Lashley or Drew McIntyre and or both. Exactly. I, I will say this here, though, off the top rope. What, what is your first name? Um, You can just call me Blackheart. That's what I'm only saying okay, on the show. Blackheart. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. But I will say this here, Blackheart. You know who you remind me of? I don't know if you know him because he writes for Forbes. But you remind right. me so much of Alfred Kwan. Alfred Kwan. I, I know, I, I know. He, I, he, I, I haven't read any of the like, article, so I probably wouldn't like recognize the name name itself. I, I will, I will say this here though: you and Alfred Kwan to me, you guys are like the most like awesome. Like for some reason, I just love listening to you guys about wrestling because it's just so cool. I'm just like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, like, I'm, just like, I'm just like, they got the perfect voice for a sports show. They just do. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why you guys. You guys just do I, I like 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 to, like to me like if I like turn on like first take and see Steven and stuff I'm like oh this is terrible but then see, when I he's... listen to like Blackheart yell I'm like okay I get this thing about that one though because shout out to Ty West um follow his um YouTube channel Tour Talk Sports and stuff like that he covers um sports wrestling all of the stuff boxing and all the stuff like that he's from Flatbush I mean he's from Fort Rockaway New York. He called me, he gave me the name of the black Jim Cornette. And I didn't understand when he said that to me. Then as I think back on my like, Jim Cornette, you hear him talk. So if people that understand Jim Cornette and you hear him talk, they probably have a better understanding of why they would call me that. But I call myself the Stephen A. Smith of wrestling because, yeah, as you said, like my yelling, and, and I'm like, no, he's from passing muscle. And I'm like, no, we all okay. know each company has pros and cons there for the last five years. So we're just saying the facts. And me being as a vivid fan, I might if I were to pay my money to go to a live event, would I be satisfied? Yes or no? And for what reason? And then we explain Exactly. You're right. You're right. I went to um WrestleMania thirty five live. Oh, that was the longest show. That's dope. Congratulations to that one. The only one I went to was when it came to Boston, WrestleMania fourteen. Oh and I was like eight years old when destruction. Yeah, the Brothers of Destruction. Yeah. Uh, get WrestleMania that I've been to, 24. Oh, you had yeah, yeah, yeah. You got that pretty dope match card for that one. Exactly. Um, to, to me, to me though, the Ric Flair Shawn Michaels match always means like a lot to me because whenever it comes on TV, yeah. I always have to watch it because I really love that match. 
Even though Me it's not too, like I love last night. Sean's my favorite wrestling. wrestling. It's still amazing. Shawn Michael is your favorite wrestler, Ash, you said? Yeah, yeah, of all time, yeah. Great pick. All time to me is Undertaker. Thank you. Mine's is Undertaker, too. And the funny thing about him... WrestleMania. The funny thing about him is his birthday is the day before mine, which is funny. Oh, oh Undertaker? Yeah. March 24, 1954, he was born? If I remember his name, exactly. And, and my birthday is literally August 24th, the same day as Vince McMahon's the Rock's dad, Rock My birthday and Dave and Dave Chappelle. Jerry wow. the King Waller. Ooh, we got Memphis Legends birthday too. That's dope as fuck. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, I, but uh, but 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 great podcast though. Um, a little over two hours, but hey, hey, you know what though? This was like the All Star Show officially, and I'm glad. And this was the first show that I've done. You know, what you call it, I, I was able to finally get everything done and everything like this today. Got 70% of everything moved into my new apartment. So want to thank um, Blackheart, want to thank Ash, want to thank Trey, want to thank Ed, want to thank, because there's a lot of people, SL, uh, who else? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to thank them all because they all came on here. Angel, Ali, Jared, um, yeah, um, Christian, um, Josh, and Noah, thank thank you all um, for coming today or this evening. Um, hope you guys have the great rest of the night. Um, I will try to be back tomorrow because tomorrow not only will I be you know doing another podcast episode, but we're definitely preview some Monday Night Raw, talk about the boxing match, and I can get into AEW um, and SmackDown and stuff. Um, but thank you guys for all um, coming today. I really appreciate this. This this definitely made my day because yesterday was stressful as hell about some internet. Today, ten times better. No problem, man. Um, I'll probably start a new room in a few moments. Um, so able to just come and talk and shoot the shit about any pro wrestling related from Andrade's AEW debut. How did people feel about that? Um, to the whole situation with AEW transitioning over from TNT to TBS as of January 2022. Uh, we can talk about that and see how people feel about that, and um, let's see where that goes. All right, I, I might actually come in there and talk about the AEW to TBS thing. I actually might. That, that see, see, Black, are you trying to get me in trouble? <laughs> That's why I said I'll make another room and that I'll just have this as part of like an after dark segment for me, so I can have it on my podcast. So that's something good for me that I try to network with other people, and then you never know what people like. So it's always great. That's why I might. Oh shit. Okay. Cool. Exactly, and and I definitely want to shout out to this guy here because because I know that he's you know he he's he's rarely on um because which which one was he he he's wrote for like CBS Sports and stuff I think it's Brian that has you know I, I'm definitely like proud that Brian fire that follows me and um because or is it Josh yeah yeah because Brian and Josh you know especially like Josh Allen you know Josh has written stuff you know for the NFL and. Brian, you know, you know, listens to my stuff. So I'm, I'm always glad that those two are definitely watching because it definitely makes me know that even, even if they don't work for CBS or the NFL, it's still in conjuncture and you still getting someone to, you know, that even if someone's like watching that, that means, that means that, you know, that you can get there someday. I hear you, man. For real, for real. Yeah. But anyways, uh, I'm wrapping up, keeping it 200. 
and remember, people, if you want to check out all previous episodes, go to Spotify. Yes, I have two channels of Keeping It 200, but they're all the episodes, and they're all me. And um, thank you to – because did I open up with music? Today? Oh, yeah, I actually did open up with music. Yeah, and thank you to 42 Doug featuring Future with Maybach because as, I, as it, we close out the show, it's Magic City. I'm the owner. Tell Steve Harvey out of water. But that's it for keeping it short. Thank you, Blackheart. Thank you, Ash. See you guys next time. All right. See you.